G'day Change Agents, AOS Coach here, and we are talking early thoughts of the Disciples of Zinch. I'm here with my man, uh, number one ITC, also recent finalist and ass kicker himself, Caleb Walters, uh, brother of, of Scooter, who yep. a little bit of shade was happening the other week if you watched the <laughs> Iron Jaws show, but a bit of, a bit of to and fro with the brothers. But yep. um, we're going to talk the new book, and... Um, for anyone who obviously is a fan of the channel, you've already seen my initial preview of the rules. I wanted to kind of get somebody experienced early on, someone who's been really thinking about the book while I've been thinking about Lumineth and Sons and other battle tomes that I can't mention just yet, and get their perspective. What's good? What's not good? What's changed? What's something that we might have missed initially? Is there any units that have blown up? Are there things that maybe are going to go on holidays for a little bit? And just kind of get Caleb's, like, what's his list looking like currently? And, you know, because this is an early show, um, I'm sure Caleb's going to get a whole bunch of additional games and we'll get more of these discussions happening. This is really an early early preview and early thinking around the Disciples of Zinch. So uh, a man who needs no introduction, Caleb, g'day, welcome back. Uh, almost 12 months of the year since you were <laughs> last year. Yep, yep. It's been about 12 months since uh, the last book, and I'm uh, just glad to be back. Thank you for uh, bringing me. Oh, mate, if, if there's anyone who's going to help me break down this battle time, it was going to be you. Um, and, you know, as always, you're going to lead the charge here. I'll kind of guide the ship and give my perspective. But um, what's your thoughts? Like, are you excited about the new Disciples of Zinch book? Is this something that um, you're angry about? I, I know there's a bit of mixed feedback, and... It's funny, actually, before I let you talk, it's always funny when I do these videos because it's always like the sky is falling. I did the Nurgle book and it was the worst battle tome ever and the Great Unclean one was unplayable. Nighthawk was terrible and Nighthawk was never going to do anything. Look where they are in the meta. Now, Lumineth Realm Lords just dropped and Suns and everyone's like, oh, the sky's falling, Lambert Light's gone, <laughs> and all this stuff is gone. And Nurgle is still leading the pack 10 months after their battle tome. So... Yep. Help, help, help me understand your initial thoughts around the book and what was your take? Just early thoughts. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, when I first saw the book, you know, I think a lot of people had the same, you know, thoughts when they're like, you know, some of their favorite models in the previous Zeech book, you know, a lot of their favorite abilities and the way they just function in the game were taken away. And if you're a hardcore Zeech player, you know, like myself, you're like, damn, what the hell? Like, you know, here we go. You know, what are we going to do? You know, all right. You know this this is tough um and then you look you look you look even deeper and you know i really so i mentioned you i remember you saying you didn't really like the uh hidden agendas um and some of the people who did like the hidden agendas, most of the people just didn't play zeech are the ones who didn't like the hidden agendas as a zeech player i love them you know i i think i talked about it last um show where it made the army feel like it was almost like a swiss army knife i believe i said a lot and they removed that so it was like it hurt a lot you know losing that you know ability that no other book has and it made it feel very unique uh so that was a little rough but then the new book came and i started digging deep and you know once i started actually looking at the keywords you know the combinations of units and the foresight to go this is you know i think we've talked about this, this is tier one of tier three with this book and what i mean by that is tier one is this is the zeech book disciples of zeech but there's so many keywords within this book that say Zeech. And a lot of folks, when we talk about coalition units where 
two out of four of your units can be coalition and they gain this each keyword and they can take enhancements, your artifacts, your spells, your things like that. When we have a Slaves of Darkness book literally around the corner, we're talking phase two, baby, right? So it's almost like we're getting two books. And as they talk about during the um, the meta watch and how Beast of Chaos are a little too strong and they might tone them down, shit, in the future we have Beast of Chaos coming too. And in the meantime, we're still playing in three books, you know, plus allies. So it's it's totally awesome with the new book. There's totally so many new options because of the keywords. They didn't market just in, you know, Zeech alone. Um it's huge, you know, so I'm I'm ecstatic about the new stuff. I am a little sad about the old stuff. I like the a lot of the abilities. And if you want me to get into it, when we talk, I can. Um, but I think everybody kind of knows what we're losing. Uh, but we really want to talk about what we're, what we're gaining. Yeah. By the way, you've got an incredible bunch of fans here for your Etsy store. And I have seen a lot of your cool stuff. So if you've got the, the on screen, give, give a quick shout out because um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about your Etsy store, completely, un, you know, not paid to plug this, but you've got a great, a great tracking sheet and you've been playing around with some, some Zinti type stuff as well. So if you've got it there. Yeah. Give it a show. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I'm new to laser cutting. I have a laser cutter, 3D printers, all the stuff over here and I'm getting into it. So I made, I think some people have my version one score sheet, which has all the battle tactics. And uh, I'll show you, it has, well, this is the version two, but the version one had like the score sheet and it had like your command points that are all magnetized up here. We can kind of move them over with magnets. Uh, but what I did is I magnetized them for version two, where your battle tactics now are magnetized to the front. And they just stick. And of course, then you have your family battle tactics for Zeech or any other faction. I haven't uploaded this yet, but it's coming out soon. And then because these are all templates, like small, medium, and large, you actually have the ability of buying, you know, subsets. So I'm starting to make this one, which is basically like the Zeech fate dice where you have, you know, your grand strategy that's guaranteed, which we're going to talk about, which is kind of bullcrap. But of course, your regular Destiny dice, and that's uh, my way of basically uh, prepping myself for uh, the tournament. Um, but that's one thing I also have, of course. Like, I think a lot of people are loving the measuring sticks; they're all magnetized. I have these as well. Um, they're all on a nice border. This is going to actually going to be shipped out pretty soon. Everything that's felt on the back, and I mean, there's just so much. I do tokens, all types of stuff. But anyone who's looking for any type of cool. I guess custom work. You can hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Um, I'll, and uh, I'll, yeah. I'll add the Etsy. I'll add the Etsy store to okay, the episode. Cool. By the way, this was completely unplanned, but your <laughs> your, your products are very good. We are here to Appreciate talk Zinch, and Thank just you. while before Don't we were fuck. before we were going live, no, no, like you you do some great product, and like I was looking at this before we went live, and the new um because one of the things that you mentioned is the grand strategy, and it is bonkers. Yeah. And yeah. when I was doing the preview, I I'm just thinking. Why don't I just grab that subset of nine, put it to the side, play with the rest <laughs> of the dice. If I run Kairos, I can regenerate and do things like that. But it's a Correct. completely, it's the easiest grand strategy and the most uninteractive, like as an opponent, yeah. there's nothing I can do to stop you. If you just, as long as you're not a potato and use those two <laughs> dice, sure, you've scored your grand strategy. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I will say, I don't know if that's a good thing for the game. Um, and I kind of, to be honest, before this book came out, I've always played what we call like the fair hammer where I didn't get to use the grand strategies of my book. I didn't get to use the battle tactics. It was all the general's handbook. And now that I have some broken ones, I'm hoping GW decides to just cut them all out. But again, it is, it is unfair that it's not interactive, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, we can get into it when we get to the grand strategy part, yeah. but you know, it's definitely, um, 
it's not interactive, we can say. <laughs> All right. So to get back to what we were initially talking about before the sponsored content, uh, I'll take I'll take my cash in the in, in, Vimo me or whatever. I got um, <laughs> When you're right, like when I when I looked at the book, initially the feedback was is that you lost a couple of things. You lost yeah. um, Kairos lost his cheaty dice. He lost uh, the bolt, uh, gift of change. Was it was yes. um, the, the the straight six mortal wounds, um, and there was a couple of changes that happened in the book. You mentioned the agendas. I I mentioned I didn't like the agendas because it was another thing to do. It was another set of bookkeeping yeah. between your battle tactics, your grand strategy, your victory scoring, your um, battle, and obviously the agenda. Right, and I just found a lot of people that I played against. Once they got the uh, the plus the spell casting one, is it the plus one to cast or whatever it is? Um, they just forgot about the agendas, like in the really? in the thick of things. Yeah, I found most players just completely forgot about their agendas when I played them after they scored that first one. Jeez, which is. Uh, I mean, there's so they... many good ones. I mean, you think about it, you kill a monster, you get plus one armor save. You're like, holy crap! So my monster, my Lord of Change, will kill a monster and get plus one armor save, and now he goes to a three plus. But he's already on a three plus because host duplicitous, so he goes to a two plus. And then when you shoot me, I'm on a one plus. So you're not gonna forget about that. Or your blue horse or pink horse taking objective and counting as two models without a battalion. Or the plus one attacks if you charge in with a guaranteed nine with cheating dice. All your attacks on your skyfires that reroll hits and wounds. I lost a lot, but there is a lot more we can talk about with the new book. Yeah, and and what yeah. where I was going with that is that it, and on an on initial read, it feel it felt like you didn't gain a lot, so like you lost a couple of things, but you didn't gain anything to replace it. Mm -hmm. And yes, you've got some really good battle tactics. You've got an incredibly crazy strong grand strategy, and there were some good things. But I think most people felt like they had lost more than they gained. That was just that's just the way I read the book. And yeah. obviously, there's a great list teching, and once you kind of get into it, there's some really good things. But just on initial discussion, that's kind of where the feedback was in Discord and on Facebook groups. Like, why did I lose my thing? Yeah, I 100% I, I agree until you read the keywords. Once you read the keywords and it opens up phase one, two, and three, and if you just, you know, stick with it, it's 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 going to open up way more options. It's going to be less cookie cutter between pink whores or just casting. It's going to open up a lot more opportunity. Um, as the game progresses. So as you get into Zeech, you know, you'll you'll play, you'll have fun with the, a couple builds within Zeech, and then maybe you might experience with Slaves, but then when the new book comes out, it's just going to, it's going to expand. And I highly recommend it. It's it's going to be fun. You know? So as a player who played the old book and is now playing the new book, did the army change? Like Nurgle, for example, went from being a really fast army to being a slow, durable army. Did the play style and the way that you just play with your toys, did that change or is it still the way it used to be? I mean, that's it's, it's an interesting question because even the first book that we just left, I feel like that book changed six to seven to eight times with every FAQ, my everything got more expensive and it just toned down my list smaller, smaller, smaller. So within the last book, it was every FAQ was a different book for me. And I had to figure out different ways of making this work. <laughs> There's my brother. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then of course now with the new book, I wouldn't say too much has changed in terms of my play style, but I will say that I have to play my army a little bit better. Right. And what I mean by that is there's more moving parts in my new book. Um, there's more things that are happening in the new book. There's more every individual character has a, a, a 
you know, a piece of the of the pie that they need to execute within the game to make sure my master plan works. Versus the old book, the way I played my list was two turkeys and a and a and a, a machine gun caster. And if you came within my bubble, you're gonna die. You know, and so it became it also went from a negative play experience, in my opinion, to something which the past couple games I've played, my opponent, one of my one of my best friends, Lincoln, he says, I didn't have a problem at all. Even though I lost, you know, I I felt like I was playing you and you were playing me. And it wasn't, you know, me just going take six mortal wounds, take another six, take a D6, take a D6. It was interactive and there was more going on. So to answer your question, yeah, it's definitely changed, but it's very, very similar. Yeah, it feel, my initial read was that it's moving away from the mortal wound castle, which is what I felt. Like every time I played Zinch, it was you had a castle of bin chickens and you had Bellacore or you had a bunch of minor casters. And the whole purpose was just to, to castle up and defend those um, those great wizards. And with, you know, Bolts of Zinch, with Gift of Change, with every single mortal wound spell that was possible and every debuff, you'd have 20-odd spells to cast. And I could yep. go to the bar, I could go to the toilet, go do some <laughs> shopping, uh, get a, have a shave, and then come back and you still be rolling spells. And yeah. that was super inter uninteractive. Where I feel that they've kind of gone is they've still got the mortal wounds, just not nearly as many. But instead, they're leaning heavily into Destiny Dice. And you see it. A lot of Destiny Dice manipulation, a lot of Destiny Dice regeneration, um, and a lot more interactive in that. And I guess they're trying to get you to go from an early game damage into like a mid game and at least keeping you around until like turn three, turn four, and maybe even turn five. Yeah, I mean, so from my experience, I felt like the old book, I in, in turn one, if I went turn one, um, I was able to get off my six mortal wound spell and create a spawn and stop your shooters from doing something. And maybe if I took Skyfires, I can maybe possibly shoot a character, possibly. But beyond that, there, it wasn't much I could do on turn one because you're not within 18 inches. I feel like with the new book, with the guaranteed endless spell, with the nine inch extra move on the uh, nine inch extra spell enhance with the uh, mortals, with the um, Skyfires, um, and with summoning, you know, blues or whatever, there's a lot more turn one damage in the book. And I don't have to rely so much on you coming to me. I can go to you, which once you see what I can do, you're going to come to me. And then that's now you're more within my bubble. So it almost like took some of my 18 inch bubble uh, spells, made it further, but I still have the 18 inch bubble as well. And so it's almost like a combination. It's a little bit less, but a little bit more at the same time. It's just different, but similar. you You've got a greater threat potential, but you just, once you're in the castle, it's not yeah. like, it's just not like obliterate whatever, no. whatever was in that range. And that's what I felt was just like mortal yeah. wound obliteration. Um, and it was basically who could kill each other first. And yeah. a lot of games ended relatively quickly because you can just target those key pieces, but it's good yeah. to hear that there's still some of that. And yes. you've got a bit of extra flexibility. I, I love some of the Zangor stuff that's come out, like oh, especially your Skyfires. The Gaunt Summoners brought some interesting mechanics to the game. I know there's some extra keywords that have been added. So we'll go through all the rules in a minute, and we'll also show off some of your lists, see where you're kind of thinking early on. Okay. But a question I just want to pull from the chat is um, Flamingo Pie is asking, you know, high level, how complicated would you say this book is to play against? Um, high level. I mean, it's still complex. It, it's still because spells make the book complex, right? When, like, just give you one example of a complex spell, Arcane Suggestion, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. It has three effects. The first effect that they added this generation is one of the most broken effects ever, which is you cannot use command abilities. 
So now I know that my model, my Zangors that can guaranteed run six and I move six from 12 and I have destiny dice of a nine and you can't redeploy and there's nothing you can do about it. And I know you also can't all out defense or all out attack. And then when it comes to the battle shock phase, you're screwed there too. And then that spell, if I choose that spell, it lasts until my next turn, right? And then they also have in that same spell, minus one to your armor save. And so when you talk about taking a family of internal conflagration, and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, where that family allows pink or all the whores or the flamers or the exalted flamers to add an additional minus one rend. And now with Arcane Suggestion, you can make it minus two rend. And now the whole con- you know, concept of saves is going to go out the window. and Or the third effect of that same spell, which is minus one to hit and wound. Throw that against your enemy incarnate. And now you're hitting on fours, wounding on fours, and the big attack is w- hitting on threes, wounding on, you know, threes, and it completely throws off the math with everyone. And again, that spell lasts until my next hero phase as well. And that's just one spell. So when you say is it complex, it can be if your opponent's taking a lot of variations of spells and they can do different things. And uh, when I talk about my list, you'll see how complex it can be and different effects you can do, especially with some of the spawn mechanics that you're able to do in this book. It can be, but it also could be very forward-facing where somebody could just take four units of 10 pinks and you know what they do. They're 50 wounds, they shoot a lot of mediocre shots, and they're hard to get rid of. So is it complex? It can be, but it doesn't have to be, I guess is the... Yeah, and I, and, I, and I guess, you know, p- people who might be listening to this who don't play Disciples are probably thinking, how do I, like, what's that critical spell that I try to unbind? And, you know, yes, with your, you know, with Lords of Change and things like that, turning from, you know, lowest to highest, that can be a difficult challenge in itself, right? It's like, how do I, how do I defeat the Disciples? So hopefully in this discussion, you'll get a bit more tips and tricks yeah, on how to potentially handle it. But uh, I, I guess because there's a lot of moving parts, you can force a lot of errors from your opponent as well. Correct. So a lot of cogs have to go correctly. It's just that your cheaty dice do help <laughs> keep things going. But True. Um, before I get into the rules, is there any units that maybe have had a massive glow up that you you want to spruik now to say, revisit this, go to the Games Workshop, go buy it, <laughs> dust it off the shelf if you already own it? Yeah, I actually bought one. Um I bought the uh, the Flux Master. <laughs> I've never had it before. And I'm like, what the hell does it do? And uh, if you don't know, it has... Um, so I lost the Machine Gun Caster. And uh, the Machine Gun Caster was the Change Caster, where every time he rolled a nine, he keeps casting a spell. And he can cast up to six spells. And uh, I can give him, like, plus three to cast and sit him next to Arcane Terrain. And it's crazy, and he's always re-rolling. So and instead of that getting six spells, the... Flux Master kind of fills that role where he has a spell, it's 18-inch spell, he rolls nine dice, and for every five, your opponent takes a mortal wound. And for every mortal wound, on a five plus, you get a fate point. So if you get lucky and roll like, an average is three, but if you get lucky, well, just say three. If you get three, that's four fate points. And you only need ten to summon a 20-man unit of blue whores. And so you're talking 40% of your summoning comes from one model. And not to mention that fate master you can summon it to your army if somebody kills yours on a 12 and so yeah that's definitely a uh we'll see a glow up uh right there he moves very fast he can summon uh wholly within nine inches outside of nine of your opponent so if you need to summon somewhere quickly he's moving extraordinarily fast with you know you know with a, a guaranteed six inch run if you have to and then summoning nine on that objective so he's a big glow up um i i would say um screamers also are huge 
right? Um, because they hit on threes, they wound on threes. They do um, if they now they if they retreat, they do a mortal wound uh, on a four plus. If they move over you on a four plus, if they charge you on a four plus. And so again, if you have nine models, on average, if you're moving and then also charging and you roll high enough, you're doing nine mortal wounds before you charge. And that's huge. And then they hit on threes and wound on threes, which means they can hit on twos, wound on wound on threes or twos if you take the right commander with him. So twos on twos. They're also minus one rend. And again, with the abilities of your casting, where you can make something minus one armor, minus one armor again, you could be minus three, you take purple sun, minus four. And now you have nine guys with three attacks, 27 hits, hit on twos, wound on twos, up to minus is four one damage each with the guaranteed almost nine mortals and they count as demons and so fold the reality you can get d6 of them back if you happen to kill six of them and that's you know what's that 18 wounds you killed after you've taken damage and then not to mention they could be gvs and host arcanum so they can attack in two ranks on 40 mil bases and so that's a glow up we could say right yeah. there you know um i mean that's huge i also a lot of people don't like this unit but i love it um acolytes now people tend not to like them because they're they're just whatever. But think about it: they move six, so they're decent moving. They shoot eighteen, so they can shoot. They have an after save. They play in every phase. They play mm -hmm. in movement, shooting, and they cast spells, so I get fate points. But the big thing with them is now their spell doesn't. Uh, it allows you to stack on one unit, so you can have a unit of ten next to a unit of twenty next to a unit of ten, and you can put all the minus one rends on one unit with an additional minus one from a spell or a purple sun or another one from a spell and have minus like four to five armor save, hitting on threes, wounding on threes, or maybe wounding on twos. And you're like, all right, Ma Crusher, take 20 saves at minus five. Is that like, oh, pick up your Yeah, it's their spell. Yeah. It says if as long as the unit's wholly within nine uh, of the caster, it's minus one rent and it, you can stack it. And so people don't really think about this different combinations. Uh, Zangors, they're very good too. They hit on threes now, wound on threes. A ton of attacks, and now with the spells of minus one ran, minus one ran, purple sun, they guaranteed run and charge, so they're moving up to 18 inches, getting your battle, well, not your battle thing, because they're not mortals, but just the ability of moving up and just doing an astronomical amount of damage for under 200 points, that's a glow up. I mean, there's. A, I could keep going. There almost. There's, I would almost yeah, say uh, we are, we are going to go through. I didn't expect. I didn't expect. I expect like. I'm sorry. There's a lot. Pitch. There's, there's no, no, a no. lot of We're, awesomeness. Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna go through a lot of the changes as well. So, like, fear not, folks. Like, just a couple of things from me. Obviously, the Ogro Thermitage. Absolutely love the Ogro Thermitage now. I dusted off my Fate Skimmer. I've got like this old metal Fate Skimmer, and gotcha. I'm like, he's looking yep, pretty good. It's in there. But I'm, but I'm also thinking, do I use his disc for my um for my uh, what's he's called my uh, Gaunt Summoner because I've only got ah. a Gaunt Summoner on foot from um Warhammer Quest, and I'm I like, wonder. I wonder if he needs a disc, like, because <laughs> I do like the Gaunt Summoner rules and I get a little bit yeah. worried that when I put something in reserve, it's going to die. So I need something a bit more durable and a bit more speed. And I'm yeah. like, if I put this Gaunt Summoner on disc, but yeah. at the same time, the Zangor Shaman, who's also on a disc, might be on a holiday for a little bit. I feel like <laughs> exactly. I don't have a role. For, I don't have a role for that guy. I'm like, you yeah. used to be good. Uh, you need to go on annual leave. You go on some gardening <laughs> leave. Yeah. No, absolutely. The Ogord got very good, not because himself, but because the artifacts and command traits he can take. It's what really made him good. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like, I was like, oh my God, like the massive glow up on the um, on the Thermitage, like his War Scroll is OP, but it's when you look at the command traits, you look at the artifacts and the spells, you're like, this is what I need because the other mortals don't offer 
what it does and yeah. it combines really nicely. Look, we're talking a lot about rules. Let's actually just get cracking straight into the rules. Cool. Um, we're not going to read every single rule, rule for every single person. I hope by now you've got the battle tome. But what I want to hear from Caleb really is as an experienced player, as the number one ITC top rated performing dis, uh, disciples player, how do you look at these? You know, so starting off and we can go to the change covens when we bring up the rules shortly. Um, so I'll skip that for a little bit. You've got six of the change covens, right? They're, the, they're sub factions that you can customize your force. We'll skip. Gotcha. Uh, just because we'll get to the rules and, and, and we can talk a bit that, about that at that point. Um, you got your arcane armies, which is around basically getting yourself a, I wouldn't call it a free endless spell because you don't get a free endless spell. You get to summon an endless spell onto the table that is either Burning Sigil, Tome of Eyes, or the demo, Demonic Simicarum. Mm -hmm. um, thoughts on this one? This is a brand new, yeah. this is a brand new rule. Yeah. I mean, First and foremost, uh, I would say I love it, but you don't have to take it, right? It It is a good ability, but if you find there's a different endless spell that just makes your army function and work better, um, you could skip it. But I have not skipped it yet. I think it's really awesome. Uh, my uh, go-to spell is one that people don't really... Uh, Demonic Simulacrum, that is my go-to. Um, and that's my go-to for, for many reasons. Um, but a lot of people, they do like the Burning Sigil uh, of Zeech because it creates spawns. And again, in terms of glow-up, spawns are awesome. They actually do mortal wounds for every roll of a six. They do. So they do 2d6 attacks, and every six is a mortal. And that actually puts out at least one or two mortals a turn for a free model. And then, of course, uh, a kind of something quirky, but if you cast a spell within nine, they heal. So the spawns are awesome. Mm. Um, but in terms of the Burning Sigil, since people like it so much, the only reason I don't is... It's stationary and it's a low cast uh, and it's not guaranteed damage because you have to roll a four plus and it doesn't create a spawn within every unit. It just creates the first unit that takes a model, you know, slays, then it creates a spawn there and it's not guaranteed. And because it's not guaranteed and for somebody like me who I want to do almost guaranteed damage, the simulacrum is, is the shiznit because you're talking about something that you can look at your opponent's army and it's a big base. First of all, it's pretty, pretty large, right? It rolls nine dice, and for every five up, it does a mortal wound. So you're talking about average of three, right? And that's every hero face, so an average of six a battle round, right? If you do it against a caster, it's on a four plus, so between four to five mortal wounds. It, since it's a big base, and you can move it quite good, where it places within 12 and moves nine, when you have buildings that are in the way like this, and you're playing against like a mob crusher, even with the guaranteed moves, you're like, all right, with your 24-inch move, I'm going to put it right here so you can't even fit there. And now you're 12 inches away from me, or... 10 and a half away from me. And now your charge is going to be failing. Or I'll look at you and go, oh, that's Marathi. And you put them on your front board edge. Well, here's a free three mortal wounds against Marathi on your go. And then on my go, that's another three. And so the first battle round, you've taken six. And if you think about that, you know the player is going to move the Marathi back, which is great for you anyways, because now Marathi's not going to get to you on turn one. So you're winning there anyways. Or just going against key characters, like moving it up, touching unit, doing three wounds. And then during their turn, you move it to their wizards and do four to five with the four plus because it's a wizard. And then when they try to dispel it, it goes off on a seven. So you need an eight, which is hard to do, mm. which means it's staying around again, doing more damage. You know, and so it's a, it's very effective. I like it a lot. If you haven't tried it, definitely try it. And Arcane Armies, yeah, it's baller. Yeah, no, I absolutely dig it. So, um, and just, just obviously at this point in time, I know there's some questions around the burning sigil. My interpretation is exactly like yours. I know some people have been trying to argue that you get to put a spawn in every unit that you take damage. 
I say rubbish, it says first, but obviously Games Workshop will hopefully clarify that. So at this point in time, I say rule it as the first unit that takes the the, the wound and gets the spawn. Yeah. Um, and now if and they change it, it could be a lot better because it could be used defensively against, like, let's say, a Caradron Overlord bus coming down, and you can defensively put it in front of you to stop them from shooting your good stuff. And now when they land, there are going to be, like, three spawns around the thing, and they can't shoot anymore. You know? <laughs> I, if, for the for the points that you pay for the sigil, I don't believe the intention was free spawns for days. It's not it's not Oprah Winfrey show giving spawns yeah. everywhere. Um, you get a spawn. You get a spawn. It's like, it's just like, <laughs> unless they're trying to, unless they've got like too many spawns in the warehouse, like yeah. maybe that. Otherwise, I think it was the intention was the first time um, you get the spawn. What about the locus of change? When I looked at this, I'm like, eh, it's all right. Like it's a nice to have in a situational moment, but I didn't think it was something you'd build around. Um, how do you look at locus? You just you just nailed it. It's nice to have. I don't I don't play. You can so give me. It's nice to have, but I do utilize it during a game. I will do arcane suggestion on let's say a cron spine and minus one to hit, minus one wound, and then I'll charge a unit with uh, a blue whores against you and now your additional minus one hit so even if you do plus one all at attack you're still minus one to hit right so by having the double minus one they can never do all that attack to to fix it so it is extremely useful uh especially a gargant model 500 point model when they hit on threes or fours now making them always hit on fours or maybe you know it, it is pretty uh it's pretty effective uh, but i don't build my list around it but it is a tool that i use during the game no, although it will help you a little bit if you happen to either summon or uh, pick a lot of change that has the Baleford sword. If you've got a bit more of a combaty type lot of change, like yeah, maybe. But oh no, 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 no! It's it's for demons. It's for, it's just yeah. for your demon units. It's not your hero. Yeah. So it's it's helping like your pink horrors, your screamers, your flamers. It, it could be a lot of change. He's a each demon, uh, so you're minus oh. one to hit. You're minus one to hit all the the big guys. And so I, I'll use it for that purpose. And when people charge me, they're not thinking about it either. You know, they'll charge me, hey, you're minus one hit, by the way. And they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, you might force their hand to do Titanic Jewel instead of like Roar or Stomp or other Correct. things, right? So so you're going to force them to spend additional CP. So, but yes, it's a nice to have. Most of your, your demons are not combat focused. So um, we'll skip that one for now. I think I just wanted to call out that it's not like you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to build around this particular particular ability. Talk to me about Destiny Dice, not from the cheaty grand strategy side just yet, but just from <laughs> a from Masters of Destiny didn't quite change, right? Started the start of the battle, you know, end of deployment, you roll your nine dice. They're the dice that you can um, interchange throughout the game, either for a casting, unbinding, hit, roll, blah, 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 list is there. Um, anything you'd want to call out? Like these, this is this is some of the best allegiance abilities in the game. Yeah. Like it's just brilliant. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's cheating. I'm literally cheating. You know, I, I literally tell my opponents, I got I got free shit. I cheat. Um, I summon crap. I mean, it's the best army ever. I, what, I don't know how to, what did I, how to put what it. Did I say, what did I say to you on Facebook Messenger? I said to you, I just bought some Zinch dice. And, yeah. and what would you ask me? I was like, how do they roll? <laughs> you don't need what them to I, roll. 
<laughs> don't need to roll. I just use cheaty dice. Look, and the re- look for anyone who doesn't know why they're powerful. Maybe I'm brand new to the faction. Do you want to give me like the thirty second? Yeah, um, I mean, so the way they work is, in, if I'm, instead of actually rolling, I can just pick my dice. So before the battle starts, after you've deployed, you roll nine dice and you set them to side. You'll get an average of like, let's say, a six, a five, a four, a three, a variation of those. And so, let's say that your opponent casts a spell that's really kind of crazy, and you're like, "Holy crap, I can't." take a chance on not dispelling this i could technically could take a um a, a dispel or an unbind and just make it a, a 11 and be like hey i stopped that spell and being able to know the future is kind of what zeech is all about and so that's kind of how it's used or what i'll use my cheating dice for a lot is let's say i roll kind of decent like a lot of fours fives and sixes i'll let my opponent go first if they're a shooting army because i know they're going to want to kill some of my characters and I'll buff the one I care about the most. And then when they try to shoot me with their big weapons, I'm like, that six is a pass, that five is a pass, that three is a pass, that four is a pass. Uh, what else would you like to do? Yeah, I used all my points, but then I have the potential going back to back. And, you know, but that's how it works. You can use it to save rolls, uh, any damage characteristics. So if I use Skyfires and I, I hit and I wound and you fail your... Um, your armor save and i want to do six wounds exactly and you fell two i can just make it a, a five and a five and there you go i just cheated and i know what's going to happen in the game and you just lost your character or a battle shock roll i can use my ones uh, instead of doing um you know um whatever the command ability i can't remember everything off the top of my head but i'll just make it a one and i'll pass um you know or hit and wound rolls or charge rolls but you have to use like if it's a casting you have to use two dice you can't just use one uh unless the dice roll is a one dice mechanic like a damage characteristic so um, like you could you couldn't use a lot of change right you couldn't go okay i'm gonna put one one five down i'm gonna roll one and you know turn the lowest to the you can't do that it's no. if you're gonna use an unbind or a cast you've got to use two dice um, you can't modify the priority roll. You can't modify, like, for example, if I ran Purple Sun, I couldn't get the Purple Sun next to you and go, here's my one roll because it's not <laughs> one. It's... Oh, my gosh. Oh my I got gosh. four ones. I killed four characters. <laughs> but also one thing that people don't realize is it's unmodified. You can't modify these dice rolls. So if you have, like, uh, the Corn Demon prints and I'm trying to charge you, your half charge doesn't work against these. I can literally move and say that's a nine inch charge and it's not modified. So go straight in. Um, and so it's huge for things that try to modify your, your movement, um, um, you know, and your charging capability or your run rolls. Uh, you can use them for your run rolls as well. Just the auto six versus having to use a command dice. Yeah. It, it's great for you ultimately to, to reduce the, um, the variability, right? Like if it's that critical spell you want to cast, if there's an important spell that your opponent wants to get off, let's say it's Mind Razor, you talked about Marathi before, yeah. boom, I'm going to just automatically, I don't want to chance it, it's gone. Um, if you need to, you know, got to land this charge, for example, the Gaunt Summoner bringing some things down from the uh, the Crystal Palace, if you want to guarantee that nine-inch charge, boom, you can do it. Um, that's really the keys here, uh, and which, which is what makes this a great ability. Yep, absolutely agree. It's it's extremely strong. Uh, for, you've also got some extra rules for, at an allegiance level. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the two in every four can come from Slaves of the Darkness. And at the time of recording, which is the start of October, um, we're probably within three months of that Slaves of the Darkness book dropping. It seems like a Christmas box at some stage, which is going to obviously bring a whole bunch of extra Zinch units uh, from Slaves. And also you've got one in every four can come from Beasts of Chaos. What, what does that mean? If I'm somebody who hasn't explored Slaves or hasn't explored... Um, beast of chaos 
what are the types of things that you would consider or what's some of the things that maybe would either increase your strengths or um, fill some gaps? Yeah, I mean, so uh, first of all, if you need something that kills hordes, uh, the Chaos Sorcerer Lord on Manticore uh, will literally take any unit of 60 and divide it in half with one spell. Um, the way that works is for every five up, you take a mortal wound. For every six, you take D3. And that unit is within uh, 18 inches uh, versus wholly within. So you just target it and you'll just divide everything in half. Um, you have also uh, Chaos Sorcerer on foot where you can add plus one to save for all you know, Slaves of Darkness. Same thing with the Manticore Lord. I mean, they're just, there's so much um, that you can take. And with Coalition, again, it's not allies. It's It doesn't count for your ally points. So it's something totally separate. Uh, which makes it huge. I mean, you could take a unit of Vanguard and double reinforce it. And instead of people taking an incarnate, you have these super killing knights. And with some of the spells that just say keyword Zeech, now you have a five up ward save consistently on a three up armor save unit of six knights that can attack twice, getting buffed by minus one rend maybe two to three times with Zeech spellcasting. You know, you can do upwards of minus four armor save with a unit of Vanguard Knights that are attacking twice against somebody's Archeon, you know, whatever, you know, and it, it, it could be huge. Um, you know, so some of the keywords, it, it's great. I, I would say, you know, play with it now, but when the new book comes out, really look at it. Uh, that's going to be the the fun stuff. And, uh, you know, just kind of see what you can play. And then Beast of Chaos, that's there too. One every four. And if you haven't played with the great Bray Shaman and uh, the way his spell works, where you make people come to you, uh, it's good to uh, get people off their objectives. It's also good to get them within your 18-inch uh, spell. Uh, it's also good to, if they put their incarnate in front of you and you kill their their bonded one and then you make their other unit go within range of their incarnate and make their incarnate kill their own stuff uh, during their combat phase, that's fun too. You know, So there's a whole bunch of uh, different tech uh, within this and whenever you take a coalition it gives them the zeech keyword and which is huge for some of the abilities in the disciples of zeech book yeah they can bring some really interesting monsters as well like you know cockatrice is the perfect example that people love to bring just 150 point mortal wound shooting um it, it complements like that mortal wound castle that you used to have so well um, but one thing I just want to call out before we move on, you made a really good point that I want people to really listen to, and that is you have two different keywords, right? You have the Disciples of Zinch and you have Zinch. Now, all of your Disciples of Zinch will have the Zinch keyword, so any time an ability will buff the Zinch keyword, not Disciples of Zinch, it really then starts to unlock the potential between uh, the synergy potential with like your slaves and your and your beast of chaos as well. So, and as it says there, you know, if you bring them in, whether it's with the mark of chaos or with um, outside of um, with, with beasts, it gains the zinch keyword. So there is synergy potential as well. Absolutely. And I know we didn't touch on it, but uh, transform to spawn, um, the model doesn't count as being slain, and that's huge. Um, so if you kill something with a spawn spell or with the burning sigil spell, uh, they can't rally that model because it's not slain. And so it starts to reduce your enemy's potential. Uh, you kill, you know, you kill certain key, you know, key things that come back to life, like the stegodons, you get it down to like, let's say one wound and then you make it a spawn. It can't roll that dice to come back to life because it was never slain. You know, not, so a different... not, not a slag. You can't, you can't rally a stegodon, but well, there's, but I know that, it... there's the artifact that brings it back to life. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Once like, it's slain. What's... Yeah, what? there's an artifact that could bring Stegodons uh, back to life, and it's happened before. Or, or you know, 
Look, um, yeah, croak or whatever they call it. I can't remember all these names. Yeah, 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 it's all good. Yeah, I, I just wanted, yeah. to, I just wanted to call out like rally. You can't rally this ticket on there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the a artifact. Call. Like it could be like your um, unit of, uh, of of sharks in on the deepkin or stormcast yeah. dragons. That's another one that could, you know, that could be. You can't rally it. Good, good call. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk at. I was going to talk at that rule uh, in a second, but I'm glad oh, you, you. No, 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 no. It's all, good. it's all good. Nah, it's all good. It's like I, I was going to say that you um, would ruin Christmas, but uh, you are the Christmas army, so um, <laughs> could never do that. Uh, what what about the summoned? Uh, what are the summoned of Zinch abilities? By the way, yes, we are scared of Seraphon. Seraphon is a good army. Like like anyone who <laughs> who doesn't doesn't isn't scared of Seraphon is either not playing against good players. Um, that's it. Like Seraphon are hot. I always have yep. been. Um, so every every spell that you summon, and also every successful spell that your opponent summons, gets you fate points. Yep. Um, and those fate points ultimately allow you to summon things. So, mm-hmm. um, if your opponent successfully casts things, you successfully cast things. You're going to get three extra things on the board. When you look at the uh, when you look at the fate table, and by the way, there is one sub faction that lets you do a reduced number for the Lord of Change. Yep. Um, is there any ones that really stand out for you as? Because I, I guess if I was new to Zinch, I would be concerned. I'd have to buy all these extra models and keep bringing them with me. Um, to my tournament and maybe I don't have the capacity and I don't want to have a massive toolbox of toys that I can't use, or I might use one off. Are there yeah. things that you like to summon more than others or? Yeah. Um... yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, some of these things that just doesn't make sense, but uh, 10 blue horse for 10 versus 10 brimstones for 10. Just, uh, just so you know, uh, blues turn to brims. If you have never played this army. Um, and so uh, never pay the 10 for brims, only pay the 10 for blues. So, Blue horrors are 100% what you probably will summon the most. Um, the secret number that I tell or I try to tell people when they build lists for each is have 10 spells potential. Uh, so you can summon first turn, you know, blue horrors. Uh, really allows a lot of flexibility. But I would say blue horrors is huge. A flux master, when we get to that war scroll, very phenomenal model. Uh, the change caster, it's a very toolbox uh, model as well. A character in case you don't need the front buffering of a blue horse i would say those are the number one things that i'll summon i almost never summon screamers um now they are better now so it's a potential if i'm like turn four and i know i need to get to the other side of the table um you know maybe before i uh barge the enemy lines or not barge through enemy lines, but desecrate their lands um you know things like that but i would say those are the number ones one pink core unit of 10 i would say is a, a smart investment to uh to at least have why pay a 250 points for a unit that you can summon for free after a turn and a half of casting spells um i would say those so pink horrors blue horrors and those two characters is a great starting point uh, i don't really see a lot of point in the exalted flamer or the flamers but they're there they do some damage uh and there are not a lot of models if you have them um they can be uh useful or fun in a game um but i would say those what about the Lord of Change? So outside a Guild of Summoners, which gets that reju- reduced um, fate points for the Lord of Change, because you mentioned the Pink Horror is a good value at 20 points, right, as, as opposed yeah. to paying 250 for them. Now, to get 20 fate points to summon a Pink Horror unit and then another 30 to get a Lord of Change is relatively impossible. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some situations where that might be true, but it's hard. Yeah. Do you, it depends. Yeah. Do you save? Like, Do you save for the extra points to get the Lord of Change? Hell no. Like a big hell no. Like, yeah, think about it. So w- 
what is a Lord of Change? It can shoot. It shoots 2d6 shots, minus one rend, or you can make it combat. So it, it, there is some flexibility there, I will say. Um, they are a lore master, so it can be you know be great. And the plus one to cast and to spell and unbind is stackable. So it could be fun if you have a whole bunch. But to save 30 points, if you're saving between 10 to, let's say, 15 a turn or 12 a turn, it's going to take you three turns before you actually get that Lord of Change. And on a turn three, when you summon it, you're not actually benefiting from the spell casting part of it until turn four. Right. And so do I think it's worth it? Not really. When you can summon blues for three turns in a row and have 60 models on your table that are shooting 20 shots, you know, and, and stopping your opponent or charging your opponent and only having one model in combat against their big block. And yeah, there's so many more uh, strategic abilities from some of the other models that I wouldn't say for the Lord. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, outside of Guild of Summoners, I feels like you want to be yeah. dropping things like pink horrors, blue horrors, and situational units throughout the game earlier to score objectives, deny your opponent, do some killing, whatever it might be, as opposed to saving three, four, two turns, uh, depending on how the game's going, to just summon a Lord of Change. And that has a late game effect when you really needed them in turn one, two, and three. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's Absolutely. kind of how. But again, like I said, Gilded, one call Gilded out though, different story. It hurts the fact that they reduced the range in which we can summon these models. It used to be twelve inches. They reduced it to nine. That does hurt. Uh, I will say, I played it in a game. Some people say oh, it's not a big deal, and it's a big deal. Um, three inches is three inches. You know, three inches is the difference in you getting on that objective within an inch, or you being off two point seven five inches. You know, it could be a make or break deal. Um, but it's there, so be aware that you're you reduced your summoning outside of uh, nine versus outside of 12, like the old book. And it can make some things harder to cast, like bringing in a burning chariot, for example, wholly within nine outside of range of your enemy yep. in, in the thick of the battle. It can, it can make things difficult as well. So yeah, keep that in yep. mind. Good call. Good call. Yeah. It's a good kill. Uh, anything else? Well, let's get. Yeah. I mean, from there, no, I think we hit, we hit a lot of the good stuff, um, you know, and now we're in the fun stuff. What's your favorite? Instead of going through every single rule, what is your favorite? I have one favorite. I know there's I know there's two people that like different things, but Arcane Sacrifice is by far the best thing ever. Uh, nothing compares. I mean, I know that some people like the cults where you can do doubles with your Destiny Dice, and if you're trying to do a Destiny Dice machine, you can do that. But at the end of the day, the spells are only going to be casted at 18 inches. But you are getting upwards of four fate points with that one character that can do this. Um but again, my favorite is by far Arcane Sacrifice. Put that bad boy in the Ogroid General, and you're having fun. Um, you know, So what it is is at the start of your hero phase, uh, you can cause one mortal wound to a friendly Zeech unit within three inches of this general. So I just do it to myself, the Ogroid. Um, and then what it does is adds nine inches to my range. And the reason why is the Ogroid signature spell does D6 mortals. And if you kill a model, you heal wounds. You kill five wounds, five models, you heal five wounds. So why not just hurt yourself to heal yourself? It just, you know, it's kind of a, a guaranteed mechanic. And put Arcane Tome on him for his artifact, and now he's a level 2 caster. Casting Arcane Suggestion, no command abilities, and D6 Mortals on turn 1 across the table. Yeah, I can't argue with that. When when I looked at this, when I looked at that, I thought Ogroy Thermitage with the Arcane Sacrifice was my go-to. You're yep. 100% right. I, I went to that. The cult is good, and I've seen a lot of people talking a lot about cults. And if you aren't going to run an Ogroy Thermitage, I think getting two fate points instead of one, um, if you if your general rolls a double, what's the what's a good type of arcane hero to get cult? I, a lot of people talk about the uh, magister, um, you know, being being one of them. 
Um, you know, that's that's definitely one. Or, of course, like the Gaunt Summoners, uh, they know the whole lores and things like that. But in you, using your fate points to guarantee them and just knowing your spells are going to go off guarantee. Because there's, so, there's some spells that are so damn powerful and game-breaking uh, with the five aboard save on, let's say, a unit of 20 pinks. Um, you know, that can be horrific to have to deal with. Um, you know, but I would say those, you know, are something that I would, I would think of. And what's cool about the cult as well is it doesn't say that. So, cause it says if a successful roll for the general is a double, the spell is successful, right? So even if I roll double two, mm-hmm. it's double a successful ones. spell. It's a successful spell, yep. um, which, which is fascinating. It's a, it's an interesting way to, yeah. I like. I mean, obviously, what yep. I don't know what the maths hammer is on rolling double a double on on a two d six, but um, uh, sure. I mean, but at the end of the day, the range is still eighteen inches, and yeah. you're not affecting the table unless somebody's within eighteen inches, unless you're trying to buff your own stuff with a a couple of specific spells. Uh, so, and then you're also got to think about you're also using a resource to do that because most people are using the resource of destiny dice to accomplish that, which then they're trying to replenish the destiny dice, which means they put part of their army into the mechanic of replenishing, which means they're taken away from the mechanic of doing damage or actually accomplishing something else. A uh, couple of good, couple of callouts. Uh, thank you for Lingo Pie. Uh, a rolling a double, a co- uh, supposedly, is one in six. Um, I'm sure this was a whole bunch of trash talking. Is oh no, not, that was that one. Someone mentioned um, the Destiny dice. Maybe it got deleted. Um, well, no, because a Destiny dice is a dicement replacement, not a roll. So if you if you use Destiny dice, you can't guarantee you don't get the cult right because it's not a roll. Um, I'd have to look at the fine print. It's it's not something I have really looked into because once I saw Arcane Sacrifice, I was just like, that's the one. You know, so I'm sure there's some nuance. Maybe the Destiny Dice can't use it. I haven't done enough uh, you know, double checking uh, just to make sure that you know stuff would work or not work with cults. Um, but people are hot on it. I've heard a lot of people yeah. talk about it. I just don't see the uh the power behind it. Um, unless somebody is within range. And a lot of times those mortal wizards that are taking that are only five or six wound models anyways that are going to get shot off the table in a heart, you know, in a heartbeat. And that's your general too, which means you're losing the the guaranteed command dice every battle round. And so by making your ogroid who's eight wounds, it's just a little bit more survivable um, and a little bit more functional. If the maths are one in every six, it means you at luckily get it once per once per game, right? Yep. The only other one I'd call out is the Nexus of Fate. I really like the Nexus of Fate, especially with the interchangeable mechanics of Destiny Dice, being able to replace one of the Destiny Dice as long as your general's on the battlefield. So if you do have a durable hero, um, I do see the benefit of Arcane Sacrifice. I like it. I think it's very strong. But I think Nexus of Fate, if you're, if you're going to double down into Destiny Dice and you've got a plan, that one that one works really well for me too absolutely it just really depends on where you want to put your your eggs i guess yeah what about what about the demon side anyone that really stands out for you Uh, not really um (laughs) i mean not not really there's nothing here i mean if if it's a demon wizard and it's like a lord of change i mean lord of change already knows all the spells which can take flaming weapon and you know mist i can already take you know mist you know uh i don't see that um Getting three extra fate points, maybe. I mean, but comparatively to the other chart, it's 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 nothing that I personally look at and say, you know, that's the best. I mean, I can see people saying they like Nexus of Fate, uh, where you can replace. I could see that possibly. Um, you know, you'd probably nothing just do that I personally would play. 
You'd probably just do Master of Magic, wouldn't you? And I know, I know, yeah. I kind of, I coaxed you into, you know, to answering those four. But when you look at that and go, is this better than Master of Magic? And we know, Sorry. like, the Lord of Change knows the all of the spell lore, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but even Master of Magic, if you have a Lord of Change, there's an artifact that lets you reroll all casting the spells and unbinding, uh, versus just once. You could do it unlimited. So I'm just reading. Your brother said Caleb told me whoever beats him um, will give them his army. Heard it wow. here. Wow! Wow! Thanks, Gary. <laughs> and I'm being like Christmas. And I'm being told the uh, the text on the replacement of Destiny dies. I'd have to just check it. You know the fine print, as you said. But the role that you would have made is replaced with the role on the Destiny dice. So, um, yeah. Okay. uh your artifacts any any of your favorite artifacts that you would say from the arc uh, the arcanite side first i mean for the arcanites i mean i do kind of like the time slip pen, um, pendant um and uh um I, I actually like that a lot um being able to attack twice it's not something i think i'd play in a very competitive match or take to a big tournament but if i'm trying to play something that's just like fun and i want to play with my friends that i can definitely see attacking twice with my ogroid would be kind of fun uh, not only getting the battle tactic of that guaranteed 18-inch charge and completing one of those, but also being able to attack twice uh, would be fun. Um, let me see. All these weapons. I see all these weapons, and I'm just like, I'm not, you know. And that, and that, while while you reread the screen, that was probably my problem. When I looked at the artifacts of power, like I looked at Secret Eater, I'm like, oh, this sounds great, and then I realized it's a melee weapon. And a lot yeah. of your heroes are quite squishy, and I don't want them in melee. It's not a plan of mine to get them in melee. So that was one of the struggles that I had was a lot of these like pick the melee weapon, pick the melee weapon on both sides. Yeah, I mean, Slaves of Darkness. Um, I believe it's Mortals also, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That can take these. Uh, or is it just, uh, uh, I think it's just I think it's just Arcanite heroes. It's not mortals. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so you know, this the X the the damage and melee. I just don't see it. But I would just say Arcane Tome um, all day long. You know, put it on the Ogroid extra spell, twenty seven inches. Let's have a nice day. The Demon Heart isn't too bad because I mean, it's a once per battle artifact, right? It's not my first choice, but if I have a couple of extra artifacts, just being able to like snipe someone else that I haven't been able to have enough mortal wounds or if I just need to get rid of something off the point on the battlefield, it could help, especially yeah. mid-game, but um, it, it, it's not winning me over. It's not like this is amazing. I think attacking twice will do more wounds than five, even if you're on the fifth battle round. What about the Demon side? Oh, uh, the demon. I mean, that's interesting. The demon side actually has um, a couple things. I mean, I do like the uh, uh, the nine eyed tome. Um, yeah. I do like that one, especially on like a Lord of Change. Um, you know, he lost the old book with Host Duplicitous, which allowed me to reroll cast and a spelling unbinding. This will kind of bring it back a little bit. There are a couple key spells and also your opponent spells. And now the Lord of Change, we might talk about it, but can take over somebody's purple sun and being able to reroll that. Um, it's a take it over. It could be huge. Uh, of course, the Eternal Shroud is nice as well. The Destiny Dice on a five up just to keep the mechanic going. I can see how the Beacon of Mutability can be good if you take like a Screamer heavy focus, like two units of nine Screamers, and uh, and you're bringing your Lord of Change with him, making it plus one to wound. And so now you're hitting on twos, wounding on twos with your, uh, your moving uh, platform. Uh, that could be huge as well. Uh, the other ones, not so much because they're melee weapons again, but I would say those three uh, on the yeah. bottom uh, have some play. What's first, second, third for you? 
probably the first would be the nine eyed tomes. Um, and then depending on the list I take would depend on the second and third of the other ones. Um, but if you're taking an all comers list, the eternal shroud would probably be the all comers list because yeah. the plus one to, and this is the important thing, it used to be plus one to wound for everything. And I think uh, people have talked about it a lot. Now it's just melee weapons and now it's just demons. So they put two caveats on it. Demons now and melee. It used to be just everything. And so your shooting could be plus one to wound and you can put that next to all your flamers and yourself that shoots twice. Now it's just melee. So you could, in a sense, um, if you took two Lords of Change, for example, not Kairos, two Lords of Change, you could have one with Master of Magic and then you could have a second one with this artifact of the Nine-Eyed Tome. Yep. And then you've got two two magic supremacy being able to reroll cast unbind dispels um that's pretty powerful oh no it could be huge because then you think about it do you need cogs anymore i don't think so and now that opens it up to taking you know purple sun or taking gnashing jaws and now you have two endless spells that do damage between the demonic simulacrum and jaws that now people have to take their uh spell casting and uh get rid of it even something like burning head just like a couple of cheeky mortal wounds depending on how yep. your points are it does it yeah that that really Two Lords of Change that had reroll casting, unbinding, and dispelling. That's magical supremacy. That's like techless. That's making techless, you know, get get a bit of a butt kicking. That's oh. Nagash. That's like, that's real supremacy. Oh, it's humongous because you also, you, you also got to look at it. It's plus two to cast in a spell now because there's two. You know, so now you're rerolling the highest to the lowest with plus two. You, and then, of course, if you set up terrain, you can set up arcane terrain on two sides of the table. And then you say, all right, opponent, pick which one you want. You want that arcane or you want this arcane? Yeah. You know, uh, I'm cool with either one. What do people say? I'm just, I'm just, you know, some people are just giving you shit. Uh, but some, like, oh, of other, other, uh, other people, I was just reading, like, was this a genuine question? Why, why would they have a core battalion of Kairos? Oh, yes. Okay. That's an interesting one. This is kind of skipping a little head a little bit, but there's that weird Oracle's Battalion that gives you <laughs> a Lord of Change and then three other... Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Kairos and three Lords of Change. Yeah. And unless you want to run three Acolyte units as your battle line, you can't do it in 2K. Yeah, no, I mean, screw it. That's the bucket of chicken right there. We're going to go back to KFC. I'm definitely going... <laughs> I'm doing that right there. No, that's not a good one. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, look, if I was running like 2,500, 3,000 points, yeah, I'm loving that. And, and we're kind of skipping ahead. We'll get to it. But it, I looked at it, I'm like, if I could make Lords of Change battle line like I can with a Mega Gargant, I, I'd be open to that battalion. But outside yeah. of it, I'm like, I don't want to run three Acolyte units <laughs> and four chickens yeah no i 100 percent agree i mean it, it is kind of crazy though you're, you're talking about plus four to cast a spell and unbind with if there's three that's six then other ones that's nine spells you know ho holy crap like there's a lot <laughs> and, and, and 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 all for to, plus to one command and that's you, know, it, you get one command point. Hey, look, it, it depends what if you're playing a friendly game against a new player, you can say, Hey, look, I'm gonna play my four turkey list, I'm gonna teach you how to play, and uh you're gonna kick my teeth in. <laughs> well, you like to cast spells, it's not happening with me. Yeah. Speaking of spells, uh from the Arcanite side, you got a favorite two or three. Um and 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 just yeah. before you get into that, it's worth calling out folks that Bolts of Zinch is on both the demon and the Arcanite, and you can't do both. So you can't take one from the Arcanite side and then try to double down and cast it again from the demon. You can absolutely choose it on both sides. It just you can't cast it twice. So don't you can't do it. Yeah, I mean so the spells are 
ridiculous for Arcanite heroes. And Arcane Suggestion, I mentioned it earlier, bonkers. I don't, I mean, I could just say it again. No command points, minus one armor save, or minus one to hit and wound, right? That's crazy. Shield of Fate, again, you can see there, the keyword is Zeech. So all your coalitions, holy crap, get ready for your five up ward save. Maybe even possibly negate endless spells um, if you have enough uh, of that engine. And I mean, nothing scarier than have to face something with a five up ward save. Combine it with like, let's say 30 pinks, 150 models with a five up. Good night. And in, even if in the GV terms, I think Vince hit on this. I could take 29 pinks and one blue. And now it's not a, um, a GV unit anymore. So no more double damage on my 149 wounds. Uh, and I have a five up ward save. And now I'm going to put that in front of you for 750 points. And then I'm going to have 1,200 points sitting on objectives behind you for at least three turns, stopping you from doing what you want to do. Uh, so Shield of Fate, yep, that's fun. Uh, Glimpse of the Future, that's a cool resource to get back Destiny Dice. I like that. Yeah. Um, some of these spells are going to be good when the Slaves of Darkness book comes out, like, you know, maybe uh, Arcanum, where it's plus one to hit and plus one to wound, or Treacherous Bond, where it's a Zeech Mortal unit, uh, gets to have that three-up ward save. If they come out with some kick-ass, you know, knight hero that's doing quite a bit of damage, and uh, yeah, that could be some kick-ass uh, right there. And of course, Bolt of Zeech, who doesn't like these six mortal wounds? Uh, Ooh, I know actually, I do. you just reminded me, I don't, obviously we haven't seen the keywords yet of that new champion of Belakor, that yeah. uh not not the green knight but if that's a zinch mortal if it happens to have i mean it could have ever chosen as long as it has or, mortal sorry sorry no as long as it has zinch and it has mortal um, but doesn't it gain the zinch keyword once it moves over to uh, only Coalition. if it has mark only if it has mark of chaos for your slaves Correct. if it's undivided it can't move over yes yeah, yeah. because it's bellacore is undivided he might Correct. not have the so that could be a nice little synergy when that war Correct. scroll drops yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be huge. And just let's look out for phase two of uh, Slaves of Darkness. But uh, a lot of great spells here. And I'm sure a lot of people have hit on these spells. And if you haven't seen them, uh, they're pretty powerful. Um, but going over to the uh, the demon side, that's where you get into some more of the damage uh, spells. So again, uh, Treason of Zeech uh, right there. That's just killing hordes on a six up. And if you happen to roll and happen to do a mortal wound, you subtract one of their hit rolls. Combine that with Arcane Suggestion, minus one again. Combine that with the minus one to hit demons. You're minus three, but again, you can never be better than minus one. But again, there's a uh, play there. Uh, uncheck Mutation, just a free D3 Mortal Wounds. And if you kill a model, another three plus D3. Fold the Reality, that's a huge one on the Screamers. So let's say you killed eight of my Screamers. I'm Leadership 10. I'll make my Destiny Dice a two. I pass my Battle Shock. Instantly, it's my turn. I cast a spell and I bring back D6 Screamers. And then I retreat them and do Mortal Wounds around you. Um, that could be very powerful. Fold the Reality. Uh, Zeech's Firestorm, they reduced the range from 18 to 12, but again, nothing's like rolling nine dice looking for six to do D3 mortal wounds. And again, Bolt of Zeech, more D6 damage. So, I mean, a couple good ones. I say Bolt of Zeech, Fold of Reality, depending on what you take, um, are like the go-tos. I don't like the fact that they reduced the range of my Firestorm uh, to 12. That kind of hurts quite a bit. Um, but nothing, you know, with my turkeys, I know the whole lore. Um, they did take a spell out of here, which I found kind of interesting. They took the one that gives me picks a unit and you can actually get plus one to uh, hit, excuse me, plus one to attack or plus one to move uh, or charge. And it's kind of like a bonus. And I, I really wish they kept that in there because some of the spells, if they don't do damage, it's good to kind of buff your stuff for the rest of the game. But they took that spell away. Um, but I would say the best spells are definitely in the uh, Arcanite hero uh, section uh, of the uh, casting. 
Yeah, especially Arcane Suggestion and Shield of Fate are certainly the top yep. two ones for me. A couple of quick questions from the chat. Um, tangent coming up from Flamingo Pie. Um, is there any spells that you would not cast using... Sorry, let me rephrase this. When you look at the spell law, are there any spells that you would cast that are not worth using Destiny Dice? So is there... I mean, first of all, I would say all of them are worth casting. If you don't want to, I, I don't like using my Destiny Dice unless it's very game-breaking important. Like Arcane Suggestion turn one can be game-breaking important. Cast it on a, let's say, um, a unit of Skinks with Leadership 7 or something or 6, whatever. No command points. And then you're doing your Mortal Wounds. That could be game-breaking with the Mortal Wounds you can put to that Skink unit and the shooting you put to that Skink unit. And know that if they reach a certain number, they're going to automatically fail battle shock because there's no command abilities. So that could be game breaking, but the rest of them, maybe shield of fate. Maybe if that pink core unit, you really want to, but there's, there's units in the game, like the blue scribes that can guarantee these on a two plus. So there's ways of doing this without having to use your destiny dice. Um, but I would save my destiny dice for arcane suggestion, uh, shield of fate are the two that I would save them for. Uh, those are the two that are the, probably the most powerful in this book. Um, the rest of them, I would just roll and uh, have fun. And that's especially true of the demon side, right? If you're running yeah. a Lord of Change, which is going to have obviously the turning the lowest dice to the highest dice, yeah. then it's then it's less likely you need to use Destiny dice. You might find more chances of needing it in Arcanites. Uh, a couple of other things. Secret Eater is any weapon. That is correct. So it doesn't say melee weapon. It says any weapon. So if you got a shooting attack. Oh, really? Attack, I didn't see that. Yeah, if you go back to... Where's um, it? I Secret Eater, just just here, the second last one. It says pick any of the pick one of the bearer's weapons. So oh okay, well I, I yes. actually didn't notice that. You know that that's a that's a cool one. You know Secret I wish Secret. it was demon so I could put it on my Lord of Change and uh, oh. uh, have fun with the shooting attack and just get some uh, <laughs> Destiny dice back. Uh, but no, that's definitely nice. Yeah, that'd be straight bonkers. So if there's a good little fun. shooting attack, yeah, yeah, it means you can get away from the melee stuff. So yeah. Um, and the other one I just want to quickly call out before we move is there was a question around the spell laws and they were talking about coalition. So your coalition won't get the spell law because even though they're coming into your faction with the Zinch keyword, they don't get Disciples of Zinch, which is the trigger. It's just Disciples of Zinch Arcanite or Disciples of Zinch Demon. So you'd need yeah, they don't, to... they're not mortals. They're mortals and not Archolites. Yeah, and when they when but no, but even when they come into the faction, they only gain the Zinch keyword. They don't gain disciples of Zinch, which is the okay. trigger for the spell law. Unless I'm wrong. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Like when I look at it, it just I, says I haven't had enough time to super deep dive in every you know word in here. Uh, I've been quite busy with the Etsy and uh this this is why we're having an early thoughts. Like we'll get yeah. some games in, you'll get some like logic. Like this yeah. is just putting the thoughts into practice but that was just my take um because of the disciples of zeech part um so we, we talk spell laws now i mean there's some great things you know unchecked mutation they're all good you know firestorm yeah. bolts of zeech fall reality unchecked mutation depending on the type of thing you want to do all of them have play and as you said kairos and the lord of change both know the entire spell law so um that's massive sorry techless you've forgotten the law of Hish. <laughs> A lot of change knows everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's actually huge, uh, especially if you ally them into other factions. Well, the Lord, ally the Lord. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
wait for that FAQ. Uh, any any of the cha- <laughs> any of the change covers? Um, like w- w- what stands out for you? Are all six of them hot? Are there some better than others? Where are you thinking here? Some of this is my heart broken. Like my heart just broken on some of these. So like I really miss some of the command abilities and artifacts of what the old book had. Um, but some of the hot take for me, um, Eternal Conflagration is humongous. Um, being able to have minus one rend on anything I summon, which I'm summoning five churns, or that's the plan. Um, in addition, you know, that 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 to me that's humongous, you know. Um, host duplicitous, not so much. Some people talk about it's good, but you have to have 10 or more models. I mean, I know if you lean into pink cores, that could be cool. And, and a lot of people will lean into that. Um, you know, but the fact that you have to have 10 or more models, it kind of kills it for me. Um, the profane cult. I mean, that's always a fun one. Uh, if you're trying to play like a fun game, you know, a little mini game where you have all your acolytes having plus one to all their hits. And, you know, if you do a wound to a unit on a five up, you can do D three more, you know, that's always kind of fun. Guild of Summers, not so much. I'm not a big fan of them. Host Arcanum, it has a place, um, especially making screamers battle line and also a guarantee to spell uh, cult. Not so much. I'm not a big fan. So I would say number one, eternal, then probably host Arcanum, uh, then probably profane cult. And then, depending on your flavor, maybe host duplicitous as well. Uh, that's just coming from my own personal taste. And I think I know the answer to this question with Flamingo Pie asking, can you go over the four behemoth limit when you're summoning through the Guild of Summoners? I feel like the answer yeah. is yes, because yes. behemoth keyword, or not even a keyword, the behemoth restriction is purely for list building. Mm-hmm. Once you're on the table, that's out the window. You don't, who cares? Summon summon more Correct. than six heroes onto the table because you aren't that's purely a list building restriction. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So summon summon bin chicken to your heart's content. Uh has your battle line perspectives changed based off any of this? So uh, are you using acolytes, demons? Where, where's your battle line heart at? So I talked about this before. Uh Carolac Acolytes are my go-to almost always. Um, and the reason why is to a lot of people, they're shit, right? To me, they're okay. And 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 what I mean by that is if you're looking at my army and you see that, let's say, 1,700 of my points is behind the line of shit, do you want to put the investment required to kill the shit to sit in front of my amazing stuff? And a lot of people don't want to. Or they'll do it, but then, of course, I'll kill their good stuff. Um and what I mean by that is they have a five up armor save. They have a six up after save. You have to put something that's halfway decent into them uh, to actually get rid of them, right? Halfway decent. And if you do that, you're, the thing you're putting that's halfway decent is more expensive than my stuff. And now you're in my bubble of 18, right? And so I like them a lot for that. And now with the ability of adding extra, you know, rend onto one unit or just the, the idea of possibly doing that, it's huge. Zangors got a bonus. Love them. They're even better. I like them a lot. Whores, they're the same. You know, who doesn't love those? Screamers, they're better. Flamers, not so much. Burning Chariots, not so much. I wouldn't put the points investment into a 190-point Flamer unit uh, for what they do. Uh, yeah, they hit on twos, but they wound on fours, and it's just not enough for me. Um, and six wounds for 190 points, one halfway decent unit that shoots at them are going to kill six wounds. And you just lost a good amount of your points. You lost 10% from a decent shooting attack from your opponent. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Um, but Carolac Acolytes, 100%. That's my go-to screen to protect my goodies. 
Yeah, they're cheap. I've, every time I play Zinch lately, um, you, I, I, I play a lot of combat armies, so I've got to run into the Acolytes, mm -hmm. and then I'm just in, I'm in your bubble of death. Yep. Like, I'm just straight up in your bubble of death, yep. and if I don't get that double turn, um, I'm Which just going to be more to off. The tactic, I'm going to go low drops always and give you first turn. And so now you're going to have to make that decision. You want to kill my stuff, and then I'm going next, and you're in my threat range. You know, and that's kind of the idea was each go low drops normally to have that flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Or just take Bellacore and then just uh, just, just stop, <laughs> stop me from doing what I want to do as well. Yeah. Like like my, my last opponent, Jacob, just yep. went, you're incarnate, he's Bellacored. And I'm like, yep. I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you. You're the worst <laughs> ever. And then yeah, and then one he priority he won priority. Uh then yeah. I got double turned and like my arc incarnate's just sitting there for two turns doing nothing. I'm like, I yep. hate you so much. Yeah. This is the worst game ever. Look at that <laughs> KFC bucket right there. Look at all those turkeys. Good lord. All right. Here's the 32nd grand strategies. What's your favorite and why? Come on, stop playing with me. Hold on. I, can't, I already showed I can't you even, I made it. Where did I, where did I go? Here even, it is. I can't even keep a straight face. Bam, right there. You see that? It says Grand Strategy, Master of Destiny, and has a spot to put up to four dice and then the rest of my destiny dice here. I mean it's 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 stupid. It's they need to they need to remove that from the game. Um, but again, you know, like my brother says all the time, you know, Tiger Woods, man, you're gonna bring the best club to play. I'm here to win. So Master of Destiny, uh, by far. Um I'm just going to save two dice, maybe three, and uh, put it to the side. Don't use it. And I got my grand strategy. What makes it so broken? When I normally played in the past, I had to think about, I have to get more of my units in your deployment zone. Because that was the one I took, because I summon. And why wouldn't I take the one that says, get more stuff in your deployment zone? I summon. I create spawns. I'll just move stuff in the corners, which it almost was an auto-completed one as well. But at the same time, I had to think about a way of removing, of stopping you from getting your grand strategy. Well, what this just did for me just made it where I just have to worry about you. And so the thought process, it just took it off my shoulders and allowed me to focus on something else. And so now I just got to look at yours and I got to go, okay, now instead of moving more stuff in your deployment zone, I'm just going to put more stuff back in mine. And now you don't get your grand strategy. And now there's a six point swing in a tournament and that's humongous. Play with two to three dice down. Just if you've got nine destiny dice, you know, depending on the type of roll, play with seven or six, get that nine, put it to a side, do not touch it, avoid it, leave it to the side so it's visible, but do not touch it. And you've just straight up again. Whether you get smashed, you've still scored your grand strategy. When you win, you've still scored your grand strategy. Really quick question, then we'll move to the battle tactics. Is there a is there a good combination of numbers? Um, you know, we, we, we want to use our ones and our sixes throughout the game. Is it going to be a combination of twos, threes, and fours? Or what's your ideal situation? Oh, I mean, it, it depends on what you roll. I I like three threes. That's good. You know, yeah, I'm, I lost three Destiny dice, but the way I play my list, and you'll see, I'm not a Destiny dice summoner, so I don't care about Destiny dice. Um, they're nice to have. That's the way I use them, actually, when I play. It's a nice two-half thing. I don't need them. Um, I have other things. So all threes are great. A four, three, two, good. If I have, if I roll lucky, like hot fire, four sixes, holy shit, I'll just take a six and a three or a five and a four and go whatever. Uh, if I roll a bunch of ones and a couple fours, maybe two fours and a one. I mean, I don't really care. It's broken. You know, it's, it's silly. I, I get, 
I guess the question behind the question was more about what are the dice that you want to use throughout the game? And really your ones, fives and sixes are the most useful of the three yeah. and yeah. your twos, threes and fours are less useful. So if you have exactly. a combination of a two, three and four, that's nine, put it to a side. Yep. If you get, I don't know, two fours and a one, put it to the side, like whatever combination, but um, you yeah. have to look at what your opponent's playing. If they're playing carriage on overlords with the spell in the bottle, and they're going to make you minus three Ren and your turkey's a four up, which means the best you can do is a three plus, which means you need your sixes. Yeah. You're going to save your sixes, right? So you got to look at who you're playing against to decide what dice mean the most to you at that given point in time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was more the question behind the question yeah. as opposed to, yeah, it's it's dumb. Um, it's mostly, <laughs> but but I play Daughters of Cain, and they have some dumb grand strategies and battle tactics. So, and they haven't nope. nerfed them. So, uh, who knows? They do you soon. find? <laughs> do you think? And I'm not going to read those all out. But do you think the grand the battle tactics are achievable? Are they some oh. that are useful throughout the game, or are they trash? There are, oh, some are amazing. Some are trash. Uh, so, Call to Change is good if you take the um, the one faction that can summon lords on a nine plus. That's a freebie. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a, an amazing one. Um, but if you're playing any other army, I would say it's trash. Um, you know, your words, not mine. Um, you know, when you talk about the three spell casting, I think that's a trap. I would never do that one. Because, um, you know, unless your opponent is... But even, even if your opponent has no characters on the board, you killed them all, it could be useful, but you might fail you know, one of your three spells, because your Lord of Change can take Arcane Tome and become a three-caster. Your Gaunt Summoner could do the same thing. Your Karos could do the same thing. But if you had a four-caster, I would say yes, but I think it's a trap. When you talk about ninefold, I think that one's amazing because the way it reads is you pick one enemy unit that has nine or more models or one, uh, you or you pick one enemy hero or monster that's a wound character six or nine or more. And that's just characteristic, right? And so... If you happen to do six wounds to it the turn before and it has three wounds left and you only have to do four wounds to kill it, yeah, that's an amazing one to do. Do four wounds and you get a battle tactic for free. That's awesome. Uh, Reckless Abandon can be good. Uh, you put that on the Ogroid. If you happen to roll two sixes, you can guarantee that um, pretty easily uh, as long as you don't want to use your sixes for something else. Um, and the last one, Tides of Anarchy, that's a pretty easy one as well. You know, just take an objective and have uh, nine or more friendly models within six inches of the objective. That's pretty guaranteed as well. Uh, since you know what you need to do and since you have uh, Destiny Dice, you can pretty much guarantee a couple of these uh, very easily. But I also found the regular battle tactics to be easy too. I don't find them yeah. to be difficult uh, at all at this point with at least at least Zeech. Other armies, yes, but not with Zeech. I've been playing a lot of tournaments lately. I've been playing a few events where I've only really played my grand, uh, my, my battle tactics from General's Handbook. And with yep. my Stormcast, I've scored at least four out of five almost every game. So yep. like, they're relatively achievable. I was just quickly looking at the battle time because Alex asked a good question. The ones are mostly for battle shock. There's no other real uses for it because pink horrors don't come back on ones. Your uh, Skyflies don't come back on ones anymore like that yeah, i mean ones are shock, ones right? are ones are good for that also ones are good for killing yourself with like a magister if you roll two ones you know you know there's there's different things you can do to with uh your destiny dice to to accomplish different things but yeah mostly for battle shock 
Yes, and Josh, good point. And that was kind of what I've been talking a lot about is that there's a lot of ways to buy the bring back Destiny dice. Kairos, for example, there's ways to regenerate Destiny dice. There's ways to alter the numbers that you've already got in your kit. And that obviously makes your grand strategy of, of Master of Destiny more achievable. So yep. um, if you... But, but do you want to play completely in that space and just keep generating? No, you don't want to go all in on Destiny dice, but... Um, it's a great mechanic to be able to do things. Yep. Great. Uh, uh, look, we're not going to go through every war scroll. I might just do a couple of quick elevator, just like smash, smash, smash. Uh, and then we'll get to your list. Right. Um, cool. Kairos, Lord of Change, do you like them? Um, anything that you'd want to call out at this particular point? Um, I think we both know what we're going to love here. I mean, some of these are interesting. Like, like, I love the fact that the plus one cast and spelling unbinding. I love that because I don't have to use a command point and it's always going on. Even in your opponent's turn one, I don't have to wait till my turn to get it. So that's huge. And I now I have my command points to use for something else. Knowing the whole lore, holy crap, yes, let's go. Karos got more wounds. Uh, let's go. He gets more destiny dice. Let's go. Uh, I mean, there's some there's some good things in here. Um, and the fact that both of them can have the ability of uh, taking control of your enemy's spell, I think that's uh, very unique. Now, I will say there are some interesting mechanics. I haven't got to the bottom of this, but like I'll ask you uh, on camera where, you know, let's say it's, uh, you know, my go, right? And I, I see you have the gnashing jaws and I go, all right, cool. Well, I have to dispel. I want to take control of your gnashing jaws. I took it and now it's mine. So now does that mean because you have your action to dispel it, you can just dispel it? That That's a big question of mine. That is an yeah. absolute question of mine. Because if we're playing rules as written sure, and it's your turn and you do the tr activation first, then yes, yeah. I should get a chance to respond. Is yeah. that the intention? Is that how I think they wanted to do it? Well, I don't know. I, I but it's kind of funny. Like I got this cool ability. I took it. And you're like, well, I dispelled it. Have fun. Give it back. <laughs> You know, but it would be more beneficial. I would say use this ability always in your opponent's turn because your opponent has to choose to dispel their own first, and then you get to react and say, I want to take it from you, uh, versus you trying to take it from them in your turn and then give them the opportunity to dispel it. Do you think Kairos is uh, look? The Lord of Change is still great, lots of ways to customize a lot of change. I want to talk Kairos for a second. Okay. Do you think Kairos is still worth taking, even though it lost the once per game cheaty dice and it lost the bolt, uh, the gift of change spell? Is he worth taking? Sure. Um, he's a fun model, he does good damage, he has some unique abilities. He's a three caster, he's good at dispelling, he's good at giving bonuses. He's yeah, he, he's overall good. Is he anywhere close to what he was? No. Um, not at all. What he was before was a lot better, a lot stronger, and a lot more uh, powerful on a competitive side of the board. But I'm sure a lot of non-Zeech players are very happy. Um, but... <laughs> And I tell, you, I tell you who's not happy, it'd be our Lord, uh, sorry, our Legion of the First Prince players, who I know yeah. loved Kairos in that list. And because he used to be able to do that once per game, choose the dice roll. Mm -hmm. um, and now he regenerates Destiny dice, but obviously Lord, uh, Legion of the First Prince don't have Destiny dice. But Time to find another, uh, you know, knife in your Swiss Army knife in that book, because I play that book as well for funsies any any call outs like i know you talked about the flux master already and you've dusted it off you've bought a new one um anything you'd want to say about the fate skimmer or the changeling 
Not really. Not a big fan of either one, personally. I mean, I know there's some play with the changeling, um, it, depending on what army you play against. I, I Some people have talked about it, but I agree because I play my brother all the time with his, um, you know, piggies. Uh, being able to put that out there and stop him from being able to, uh, you know, do his first turn, come at me and kill me uh, ability. Uh, so that would be cool. But beyond that, you know, not really. I mean, nothing I see tech-wise that I'm really impressed by. Was the Fluxmaster one of the two units that gained the monster keyword? I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, I have my book here. Uh, Sorry, I'll, I'll have a look. I'll yeah. have a look. You, you keep talking. I'll have a look. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing is the Flux Masters. I, I thought it was the Change Caster, personally. The, um, fa- the Fate Skimmer's got it. The, uh, looking, the Fate Skimmer's know. got the monster keyword. I have no idea why he has the monster keyword, but, fi- you know, that's going to be The Change Caster's got it. Yep, the Change Caster's got the monster keyword. Some uh, cool tech. You can kill yourself. With the Magister, keep your change caster right there too. Kill two characters and go up to level three. Uh, I don't think you'd want to do that, but you know it's an option. <laughs> and yes, the Flux Master spell is very good, very good. Yeah, it's it's bonkers good. I mean, you, I rolled it one time in my game where I rolled five uh, five five ups, and I'm like, holy crap, that's six fate points. I'm sixty percent there with one spell, and I, I also killed his character at the same time. I was like, that's awesome. And um, uh, Alex mentioning the p- spell portal with the Fate Skimmer uh, yep. is an awesome bomb um, if you can get that middle of the army. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely has its uh, it has its play. It just the points cost is kind of high. Um, I mean, it it looks cool. So I mean, it, it's definitely up there. Got the change cast of the Blue Scribe and the Thermitage. We've already talked a lot about the Thermitage already. Yep. Do you have any opinions on the change caster or the Scribe? Sad about the change caster losing the machine gun, but I do like the change caster spell. Minus one to save rolls is huge. I wouldn't. I, I've I've taken it in one of my list um, just for the ability of the minus one saves. Um, so it is. It has its place, uh, but it's definitely a buff piece. But you're and the reason I also like it is because when you look at it, your opponent sees it and it's not as strong as other things you have, so they leave it alone normally, uh, allowing you to continuously cast that minus one save for multiple turns. Blue scribes is huge. I like it a lot. Two plus can automatically cast spells, knows the lore of both. Um, definitely has some play, very fast movement. Um, you know, it, it's a, he he has he has definitely a lot of play right there because he has the ability of just targeting a you know pink horror unit, giving him a five up, you know, ward save. Your opponent can't stop it. You know, anybody who has the automatically dispel a spell won't work against it, you know, so you're just guaranteed on two plus. Uh, that's huge. And after you do that and he's in the background, you still have a two plus to do other spells. Uh, so he definitely has a, a place in my heart right there as well. But the Ogroid, yeah, he's my general all day long, every day. Uh, he's amazing. And we'll talk about him when we get to your list. I think um, the one call that I'll make on the Blue Scribe is I'm glad they made a change because the minute Chronomatic Cogs became reroll casts, it seemed like the Blue Scribe's value just completely disappeared. It's just like yep. everyone dumped it, and it was cheaper. It's like, well, you, well, why wouldn't you take Krogs? I think it was a combination. At the exact moment that it came out, they also made the Blue Scribes 180 points or something like that. I'm like, okay, you added like another 20% to his cost, and you came out with something cheaper. Yeah, I, I definitely saw it. And that's one of the reasons I went to host Duplicitous, which allows me to reroll, cast a spell, and unbind wholly within nine inches of the old book, and I didn't need either spell or Blue Scribes. Yep uh fate fate master got summoner got summoner on disc um i i think there's some list tech in the got summoner but this is high risk high reward in 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 certain armies if you do this and you have like long strikes or something that has long distance range 
you're setting yourself up for failure if you yep. execute on the Gaunt Summoner. Uh, what I'm talking about, folks, is you can put some things into the Crystal Tower. They come out within nine inches of the Gaunt Summoner throughout the game, so you can basically deep strike, but it's all tied to the Gaunt Summoner. And if the Gaunt Summoner dies, so does whatever's in yep. the Silver Tower. So I think it's uh, you've got to watch out who you play. Any thoughts? I mean, to your to jump on that bandwagon for a second, I, it has play depending on what army you're playing against. You know, if you're playing against Night Haunt, absolutely, they have no way they're going to touch it, right? You know, if you're playing against uh, giants without throwing rocks, gargans, sure, yeah, it has a it has some play. It just really depends on who you're playing against. So if you're playing against a shooting army, don't put stuff in the tower. If you are, if you're not, then put stuff in the tower and have fun. Uh, it's a good model. It's just a little expensive for me. Uh, competitive play, just low wounds, five or six wounds, just not enough. Um, you know, bang for buck. I mean, he's unique. He has a lot of abilities and spells, and he knows all the lores, and he's pluses to cast and spell, and he and he's good, but just a lot of points. And uh, and of course, I find it funny with the whole thing where it says if somebody attacks him and doesn't kill him, I'm like, who is going to attack him and not kill him? <laughs> like, I just don't know. But you know, it's a uh, He's a fine model. The, the other thing to call out with the Gaunt Summoner is that he doesn't bring in that once per game five pink horrors. So you don't have that summoning mechanic. I think the only call out I'll make as well is that if I was going to do that trick, I would be going the Gaunt Summoner on disc because it has extra movement, has a better yeah. save from memory. So if I'm even going to go for that strategy, it makes sense to do the disc version for a little bit extra. More wounds is, is, as well because of the disc. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, that'd be my plan. And of course, the Fate Master does have a place depending on how you're playing your list. If you're looking for that plus one wound for attacks made, um, you know, for him, you know, definitely has a place in your list if you're if you're looking uh, for that plus one wound. Um, not for me personally with the list I play, uh, but it definitely has a place in a lot of lists, and I can definitely see it on the table. It's a shame that it's Disciples of Zinch and not just Zinch because yep. you don't you don't have a lot of combat kind of monsters and those like combat threats but if i could bring in like a unit of varangard a unit of you know chaos knights i could bring in some chosen or something um and if that worked i could see a lot of really good value with that fate master but um yeah like you know like yes that's a good comment josh you know fate master could be an auto include if you're using flamers yep. um that's a really good use of, of that but in a lot of armies probably a bit hard to justify this particular hero. Yeah, and it called out there, uh, the uh, gone is good if you have a one-drop and your opponent does not have a one-drop. It can, it can be used, especially if you plan on taking that first turn as well. Um, I agree. Yeah, because, like, for example, with the Gaunt Summoner on disc, you can move up, and then I don't even think it's keyworded to say... Sorry, it's not, it's not worded to say you can't run. So you could almost, like, get the Gaunt Summoner on disc, run it, um, even use six, and then drop your um your bodies out you know within nine inches and yep. cap an objective it could be like your pink horrors are now sitting on a, a critical objective you could then drop them out and charge there's a lot of cool early threats you could do with yeah um, i mean personally yeah. i would i would think the bridge is a better points cost ratio uh to accomplish something similar with fate dice and just bring your 20 block of pinks if you're trying to buff them in your hero phase then move them in your movement phase and charge them in the charge phase for the price of a bridge uh I know it's two units versus one, but you know, but I like the bridge also because it's such a big model. You can block out, you know, people's ability of attacking you, you know. So it's other uses as well. And that was going to be my thing: is that if you just want one unit, yeah, I'd go bridge. If I want two units, then got summoner. I guess yeah. it's what's the plan and what are you trying to do with it? Correct. 
let's talk let's talk about your sub commanders here as well your Izangor shaman you've got the magister magister on disc and i had a good question come up from the chat around uh what do, what do we think about the magister and having it bound to the incarnate and basically making it go wild form by eating an endless spell i mean i have it in my list um it, one of my competitive lists i do have that ability do i think about always killing it no uh i like a magister i think the magister has a great potential but do i always roll that second spell and just take a chance every time you damn skippy i do because i don't give a crap if it dies either you know so um if we talk about the magister i think binding it to the incarnate's wonderful i think killing it if you want to kill it could have its play depending on who you're playing against um having it charge your your uh, spell portal is huge being able to then pile it in three more inches because you completed a charge and attack something else is even huger um so yeah it definitely has a play and uh the magister spell of doing d3 mortal wounds and creating a zeech spawn is humongous as well uh stopping people from redeploying and uh or all out you know shooting and uh it does a lot as well so i like it yeah a lot of people are high at the moment on the magister on disc um very high I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on the team foot right now just because the points cost with my list, but the I do have a disc as well, and uh, the movement, the speed, uh, the being able to have ten fate points and move over sixteen plus a run if you need to to summon something nine inches. It, I mean, I can 100% get behind why people like them. I have them. I think it's amazing. Ban the incarnate. I can see people doing that as well. It's a it's a lot of people are playing it. That's a fun model. <laughs> It's uh, it's at the point where it's about to either get house ruled or banned. So uh, it's a sh it's a shame. It's a cool idea. It's just way over, over powerful what you're paying for it. Like and and it's so auto include in some armies. I think it tipped the scales when GW separated it from that two hundred dollar terrain box for the people who now have more access to it. And once that happened and everyone bought it, it just kind of went. Psh. Well, it already started with 3D printing. Like, how many alternative sure. 3D sculpts already started? Question for the Zangle Shaman, because and I, it might be the same that I'm feeling, or it could be completely different. I am finding it hard to justify the Zangle Shaman now that it lost a bunch of things. You know, bo uh, Boon of Mutation used to be really good for bringing back Enlighten and, and, and Skyfires on disc. Now it's only for Zangor host, right? So your, your foot Zangor. Um, it seemed to lose a lot of things. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm taking the Zangor Shaman now. Do you have the same feeling or? Uh, complete same. Uh, I have two of them. I like the way they look. Um, they used to, the thing, I didn't think, I didn't believe they, I don't remember them healing Skyfires or Enlightened on Disc, but I do remember them healing the regular Zangors or the Zangors on foot. But the thing, the reason I took them was because they added plus one to shoot or um, plus one to a hit uh, with the uh, Enlightened on Disc or the uh, Skyfires. Um, and since they no longer do that buff, um, not really a point in spending the points on that specific model. So that's, that's a shelf model. Just put that on the shelf and, uh, I guarantee you in a year or two, three, four, whatever it comes out, they'll be good again. Yeah. They used to be a real critical piece to the, the Zangor enlightened, um, combination where you had the disc sky fires and the, and the enlightened and have a bunch of, it doesn't matter. It's gone. I just, I, I can't justify the shaman anymore. Um, yeah. And any anything you'd mention on the i mean the pink horrors are still pink horrors they still do their thing they they there was literally no change from what i saw 
the burning chariot lost. I mean, some of the things lost like your um, your sky sharks ability, and there's yep. a couple of other things. The only thing I'll call out is I like the fact that the chariot can now issue its own command. It's it's now treated as being elite. But uh, I mean, for me, you know, spawns are good, but I want to summon them. I don't really want to pay for them. And as you've already Effects. mentioned, scream, scream, screamers are great. Screamers are yep. underappreciated. Oh, they are. And I think there's going to be people that are going to take 27 of them for 900 points and are going to have uh, have some fun with them, slashing and moving and charging and then fold the reality back. Yeah, they're going to be powerful. I've got 13. Most of them are yep. old, though. Like, they're all the old metal ones. They're a pain in the <laughs> yeah. backside. Yeah, they're huge. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I, they're very underappreciated. I actually used to use them in the old um, change host back in first edition where I'd move them up the board and then I could switch them quickly and then bring out a bunch of pink horrors. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, 27's a lot. Um, <laughs> one thing I haven't seen for a while is these Exalted Flamers and the Flamers. Like early second edition with the last book, you saw this build. It was all about burninating. Uh, and then yep. it kind of dropped off. Do you? Yep. Is, is it a time to come bring them back? Nope. Nope. I mean, again, I, I say these things only from my perspective, the way I play and I play the game. Uh, there are, I guarantee there are people that love them and more power to you. They're, they're, they're fun, right? I mean, they, they shoot a lot. They hit on, you know, almost twos now but with their ability. They wound on fours. They could be minus one armor and they can do, you know, D3 damage. And you can make them, you know, plus one to wound if you have... Um, the right supporting character that we talked about earlier, uh, or of course your triumph. And then they can do a lot of damage. You can do like minus three. You, you can do a lot of resources into making them amazing. The problem I have with them is they're very expensive for three wounds. And if you reinforce them or double reinforce them for like close to 600 points, you know, the, the outputs there, but if one person touches it, you lost so much um, output for so little effort from your, your opponent. Yeah, it seemed like um, it seemed like in the era of all that defense that really neutered the build um, because the Ren doesn't go as far. They're mm -hmm. fragile, and you got one good solid burnination. And if you don't do the damage that you need, they they start to crumble very quickly. Yeah, and, and they also lost some additional mortal wound uh, abilities as well. I mean, they lost a lot, and they went up in points again. I'm like, okay, they weren't great you know, in the last book and the new book comes out and I feel like they're worse. Um, I'm like, all right, I guess they don't want people shooting. But again, this was one of the criticisms I had. I did not want these to become good. And I'm kind of glad they're not because if, imagine if they were good and everyone's just taking a bunch of flamers that are just, let's roll dice, take 12 saves at minus two and take D3 damage each. And and they were under points at like, let's say 130 for three, you know? Yeah, I could, I could see that being a negative play experience. And I'm glad they're a little outpointed and a little on the rough side, but they could come down a little bit to make it a little bit more viable uh, for certain people. Yeah. I'd, I'd like them to be viable, um, but I don't want them to be broken. Correct. So I want them, I want them to be like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say salamanders because they're also broken in a different uh -huh. way, but you don't see an army of salamanders. And I think when flamers were at their peak, it was just lots of, lots of points in, in flamers. I'd like at least like one unit running around doing all the burnination but i don't mind flamers compared to because Sal flamers are just good at shooting salamanders are good at combat and shooting yeah right? and, That's because the, the... 
And you do right. so much damage to the salamanders that all that's left is like all the handles have disappeared, and it's like Whatever. these still, these these salamanders don't care. There's like there's yeah. no no negative impacts to them, so it's mm -hmm. like it's completely different, you know. But we talked about acolytes. They're for me, they're not good, they're not great, but they're the perfect medium uh, for what I'm trying to accomplish. And um, but they do they play in all parts. And a lot of people forget about the birds. The four plus mortal wound, if you get it within 18 inches, sometimes I'll just run one up just to get within range of your your spellcasters. Like, all right, Lumineth, just take a mortal wound on all your units. Let's go, you know, yeah. and just have fun, you know. Especially like those little five wound idiots that you've got. I mean, chipping away yeah. at a little bit. It's like you, yeah. you you get a little bit concerned. Before we move on, quick question about the acolytes from the chat is, uh, what is your opinion on acolytes? Uh, sorry, yeah, the characters with paired blades in transient form. So plus two fight on death cults. I mean, it, it's good if you want to lean into that if you want to take a, a lot more acolytes and maybe more some more zangors they it has a place um and it can do damage and it could be fun i don't i don't think it'll be a 5-0 list in a you know a five round tournament you know but if you're just trying to have fun and that's your flavor and that's something you want to bring more power to you i think it'll be a lot of fun yeah and, and you know anything that we're talking about here folks we're not saying it's trash unless no. you are a zangor shaman on disc <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but if you're if your name is not zangor shaman on disc like you do you i think there's a lot yeah. of different varieties if you want to build flamers you want to go demons you want to go arcanites you want to build all the bin chickens in the world you can definitely do it but i think from a competitive number one itc how am i thinking about the new book um, there are some better options and some things where it's not as valuable. Correct. And this is literally just my opinions, right? So take it like a great assault. Um, a, a very valuable, uh, very valuable <laughs> one. But I got it. For me, when I look at Zangors, I love the Skyfires and I love the, um, the Enlightened on disc. Um, some of their abilities, like the Guided from the Future, the uh, being able to shut off like... Um, uh, what is it? They shut off uh, command point. No, what's it for? Which one? The are you talking about the combat ones or the shooting? I'm talking about well, the combat one shuts off. Is it it's not inspiring presence? What does it do? I can't remember. It was, um, can't remember off the top of my head because I don't use them that much. I use the Skyfires. The Skyfires, what they do is they make it to where you cannot increase your armor save, um, and also they cannot reduce your two hit uh, modifier. Uh, so you always have the ability of going plus one to hit, and your opponent can never gain plus one armor uh, against Skyfires when they shoot. Uh, so I have a unit of three on my competitive list to go after, you know, key small characters. Um, definitely, uh, definitely is a, a very good um, unit. The only concern I have with Skyfires is they lost, and this is one of the painful parts. They lost the one thing that uh, I liked the most, which was they were able to reroll all their hits and all their wounds if they attacked first yeah, and now the they lost that and so they're no longer a fighting unit per se they do still do some good damage with their disc doing d3 attacks fours threes minus one d3 damage but they're not as guaranteed damage as you uh you would want but their shooting attack is decent at killing five wound or lower characters moving 16 inches holding uh objectives etc cetera, etc cetera. And thank you, chat, for giving my back. I was also just rereading the War Scroll. Um, the Zangor Enlighten on disc in the combat phase. Enemy units within three inches can't receive command. So you shut down all that attack, all that defense. You can yep. shut down um, any, obviously, army-issued commands. Obviously, doesn't impact, like, Inspiring Presence. It's no. just the combat phase. But Just that one phase, yep. That that helps you reduce the the i guess the fight back it does allow you to to take down some some pretty powerful units um 
conf- a bit more confidently than you normally would. Yeah, I'm actually all for all four of these units uh, in the right list, um, and especially the right army. Beast of Chaos is definitely uh, one that will shine with all of these. Um, but with Zeech, they definitely shine as well in their own way. Um, but Skyfire is good. Enlightened on Disc are very good. Zangors are very good. And surprisingly, uh, Zangors and Enlightened on Foot for the points cost and the damage, I think they're pretty good as well. Um, I don't know if they'd be in my most competitive list, um, but they're definitely good as well. For three models, though, I just struggle a little bit to be on foot. Like, I'd rather just find the extra points to to get them sure. on disc. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of these fun things are just, I don't know, when I play games, some people don't want to play just straight up the hardest competitive games you can play. Um, but, you know, I understand. Yeah. Uh, and we've obviously already talked a lot about the endless spell, so we won't go into that. But um, what I do want to go into in the last time that we have, and, you know, we've had a lot of in-depth knowledge, which has been awesome to kind of get into your head around the Disciples of Zinch book, is how are you bringing it to life? Now, this is obviously your first iteration, and you've given me two lists. Um, this is the the No Incarnate list, yep. and this is you kind of bringing the together. So I guess what I want to understand from you is, what is this army doing? Why are you choosing what you've done? Is there any key synergies that you want to call out this particular point? Um, and if you're listening to this later on the podcast, it is the Ogroid Thermitage. That's the general with the arcane sacrifice, arcane tome and arcane suggestion. You've lots also got arcane. the, t- Oh, what's that? Lots of arcane. Yeah. Arcane, yeah lots arcane, of arcane. arcane. <laughs> I think you were, I think you were, um, actually me some. You've got a lot of change with the tome of uh, the nine eyed tome and ghost mist. I did wonder for a second why you took that. I'm like, oh, that's right. He knows a lot. He knows the spell. Don't need to worry about it. You've got the flux master, which has got the treason of Zinch. You've got the uh, change caster with the bolts of Zinch. You've got the blue scribe with Zinch's firestorm. You've got two units of Karak acolytes, three units of Zangor on foot. Uh, and then three endless spells. You've got cogs, the demonic simicarum, and the uh, umbral spell portal. Uh, all wrapped up in bounty hunters, expert conquerors, and commanding entourage. Ten drops, one hundred and eighteen wounds. Yeah. So, and, and don't forget, the family is something that doesn't get a benefit in the beginning, uh, which is the eternal conflagration, which is the one that allows all pink horse flamers, exalted flamers, blue horse brims to have minus one on the rend. Actually, the, I think the flux master has a shooting attack uh, that benefits from it on turn one. Um, you know, so of I guess that not. one model uh, is rocking out. Um, but it, so the list, this whole idea was to not take the incarnate, right? It was to kind of highlight a list that doesn't have the incarnate uh, in there, but still can actually kill the incarnate and still actually can do quite a bit of damage to other people. Um, the whole idea of this is I can still do damage from across the table on turn one, killing somebody's key units, right? If somebody's going to give me turn one because I'm a 10 drop list in this, you know, faction, I'm still doing damage. If they want to put forth as much damage to me, that's really what I want. Uh, I'm going to have my acolytes stringing across the entire front edge as a sacrifice as much as possible. And I'm going to have all three Zangors kind of tight together to benefit from their um, banner Surrapped around all these casters, and so you have what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven total casters. And so the Zangors they have the ability where you know, for every wizard within nine inches, um, you roll a dice on a four plus, you pick a unit within 18 inches, and they take a mortal wound. And so if you have seven 
for each unit of Zangors, if you're all tight enough to do this, uh, you're talking upwards of 21 mortal wounds on the four plus uh, when you become within 18 inches, right? And and that's a that's a fun ability. And they can't really touch your Zangors in the beginning because they're wrapped, you know, um, with the with the acolytes in front. Now the acolytes, they're in the they count three models each because I put them in a battalion. If I'm going to lean hard into drops, let's lean hard. Uh, sometimes people will kill like. Six of them, I'll have four left. I'll use my destiny dice to keep them alive. And then those four models count as 12 wounds until I, um, you know, rally them. Uh, I've really, course... I've really enjoyed expert conquerors. Initially, I was going bounty, bounty hunters and um, battle regiment. I've moved away from that and I've been playing with expert conquerors and I've really appreciated it because, as yeah. you said, one turning into three makes it very hard to handle um, objective control for your opponent. Correct. And this whole list is is wrapped up to do 10 cast uh, turns. So your first cast is going to come from your Endless Spell, which is Demonic Stick Simulacrum, doing turn one damage normally because you place it within nine, uh, 12 inches and then it moves nine and then it targets the closest unit within six. Uh, so normally it's going to actually touch something, whether it's battle line or whatever. Uh, it's going to do something. It's going to do average of three mortal wounds, making your opponent go, hey, I, they just did three mortal wounds. The Ogroid's going to do his spell and do D6 with his uh, signature spell, but also probably make something not uh, be able to utilize command abilities or maybe minus one armor if I, I plan on doing it. My Acolytes can shoot within 24 inches at minus one horrend uh, as well. And then, of course, I have uh, the Lord of Change, which can cast the Spell Portal and allow the Flux Master to cast his nine dice and get upwards of four fate points as well, bring me over 10 cast. Uh, or if I want to kill a key character and save the Flux Master and I'm going to get to that 10 cast, I can use the Lord of Change to do uh, a six, on average, a six mortal wound. So now I'm doing a D6 from the Ogroid, a flat six from the Lord of Change. I'm doing upwards of three from the Demonic Simulacrum. I also have the minus one armor save from the Change Caster. I have the Blue Scribes, the two plus guaranteed uh, spell as well. Maybe I want to bring back more Destiny Dice. Um, you know, all all wrapped up on turn one across the table. Um, and then, of course, on their turn, my Simulacrum is still alive. Now it's targeting a different character because it's moving its, uh, its uh, 12 inches or 9 inches and targeting uh, uh, something, doing upwards of 3. And then, of course, I still have my Acolytes bubbling around. And, yeah, it's a, it's a fun list. And, of course, the Zangors are part of the double damage against um, uh, Battle Line GV units. It's a lot of damage. It's a lot of casting. Um, it's a lot of negatives to uh, hit. You're summoning every turn. And every time you summon something, it's minus one rend on their shots. Uh, you know, Blue Scribes is flying around 16 inches, maybe with a guaranteed six, going upwards of 22 inches, summoning nine inches away. So 31 inch on an objective. And if you summon blues, wrapped around blues, those uh, wrapped around the Blue Scribes, a blue horse, those blue horse are minus one to hit. You combine that with the Ogroids minus one to hit, minus one to wound. Now that unit's guaranteed to be minus one hit and minus one wound, even against Gargants or the Incarnate. And uh, that's not going anywhere. And uh, yeah, so it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun non-incarnate um, doing a ton of hits, minus one, minus two, minus three save, ton of magic, ton of spells, ton of casting. And then, of course, the Nine-Eye Tome uh, from the Lord, that's rerolling, casting, spelling, unbinding. So you're stopping, you know, your your opponents, you know, if they roll a 12 on their spell, you just need to roll a six, you know, with the reroll. Roll four dice, don't roll a six, or roll two fives and you get 11. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty awesome with uh, the Lord rerolling uh, as well. Um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's I, 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 
Yeah, I've been waiting to like just time you out for a second. A Sorry, of quick I things. apologize. No, 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 no apologies needed. A couple of quick questions. I, and, I, and while you were talking, I was just ch uh, fact checking this one. So Shane asked me a question Does Arcane Armies give you a fate point? And I read this as yes, because it doesn't say that you get to set up an endless spell. It says that you get to automatically cast a spell, yes. no no, no dice required, and also you can't be unbound. So the way I read this is that it's a it's an automatic spell cast, and because it was it was a successful cast, you generate a fate point. Is Correct. that is that how you interpret yes. it? Yes, yes. And everyone I spoke to uh, also uh, agrees as well. I haven't heard anyone uh, say otherwise. And so it's the first, you get a free spell there. The Ogord can give you two, so you're at three. The Lord of Change can give you two, so you're at five. Uh, the Change Caster goes up to six. The Blue Scribes goes up to seven. The Acolytes go up to eight. The Acolytes go up to nine. And then the Flux Master is 10 plus however many five ups he rolls on turn one. Um, you know, and so you normally would put the Flux Master through the spell portal because you needed to do Mortal Wounds over the Lord of Change. Um, but it's definitely uh, there. And if you don't need any of these spells, then save them for a turn. If you don't, if you're not worried about summoning ten blues and you don't need to, save the ten to fourteen fate points for one more turn, and then you can summon fifty wounds with pinks. And uh, you can use that with the blue scribes to make the pinks minus one hit. Um, and then on the third turn, you can use the blue scribes, a two plus shield of faith, the pinks, charge them in guaranteed. And now they have a five up ward save with 50 wounds minus one to hit. I can see what Shane's talking about. I, I probably need to spend a little bit more time digging into the words here because when you do look at the um, the fate points, it does say each time a casting roll is successful and the spell is unbound. So okay. Arcane, Ar Arcane Armies doesn't talk about making, you don't have to roll for the dice. You automatically just cast it. Gotcha. But because you're not, you're not using a cast do you generate fate points so probably something we need to clarify or yeah. at least need to be explored a little bit but uh in between now and the faq talk to your sure. to on how they would rule that but yeah. shane potentially a good pick up there i would definitely recommend you all shoot a message to gw on that one um absolutely good. looking forward to these faqs to see all of the uh the uh, original thoughts versus what happens. And uh, I guess that's the coolest part of all of this is you can always just adapt and change with Zeech. And uh, there's just so much flexibility, you know, depending on what you need to do. And this is why we're doing early thoughts. This is us discussing, talking so about this. It's like, it's, it's like we're at um, a, a game store talking about this, right? So um, question mark there on the, the arcane armies giving us a fate point, play it as if you don't get it from now um, until clarified otherwise. Um, anything else you'd add? I mean, probably the only other question I had from the chat here. I like it. Um, certainly not what I would play personally. I'm probably more of a demon person anyway, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, but I love the combination of some of the things you're doing here. You, you're, you're building into some of the strong points. Um, Tomasco asking, where are the pinks? Um, and there, there are a lot pay of points. For something you get for free. Don't pay for something you get for free. Let's say that right now. Don't pay. Don't, don't do it. Unless you're leaning into it hard. I would focus on spell casting and uh, summoning and uh, get them for free. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like if you're generating that many CP early, right? 250 no. points to pay for the pink horrors, or if you can generate what, 20 fate points, um, hopefully by turn two, you can summon those pinks. Yeah. I mean, like, so this one gentleman said he plays 30 pinks. So they count as GVs, even when they go to blue and brim. So with the Zangors, putting you know over 30 plus attacks each double damage against gvs hitting on you know twos or threes uh it's gonna murder um a gv unit with a you know a five up armor save um 
you know, with with this specific list. But again, this is just a non-incarnate list. You can switch out the Zangors for, you know, Vanguard or Screamers or, you know what I mean? Like something something different, um, but I definitely like it. And, you know, like, you know, a question from the chat is, you know, do you think um, you know, minimum spies units, sky fires are viable? Absolutely. I think, yeah. I think they are absolutely viable. Um, but ultimately, I think anything in this book is viable so long as you build around it. I think that's the key. There's no one particular outlier where the unit is independent. It's not a unit of Forminators. You can't just like, Forminators don't need any buffs. Um, you just run them forward and they, and they do Forminator things. Yeah. But with this book, it requires a lot of synergies and support. So can you do it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you need to build around it? Yes. Yeah. Um, this list is actually the main list that I play. Um, it's really only one battle regiment, but that's fine. Uh, the other one's just a character, so it's still two drop. Um, but um, this is the main list that I, I play. It's similar to what you just kind of heard uh, with the Ogroid general uh, putting a wound against himself, increasing his range by nine inches, casting whatever spell he needs to with Arcane Suggestion or the D6 Mortal Wounds. Uh, the Lord of Change casting, maybe even Ghost Mist, depending on who I'm playing against. And I need to have a big piece of terrain and put some of my small characters within three inches of it. So that way people can't see me if I need to keep them protected. Um, or just doing damage with them with the Lord of Change. The Flux Master doing his thing. Uh, the Magister being bound to the Incarnate so I can kill myself if I need to kill myself. But I normally don't need to. Um, but I don't care if I do. I'll become a spawn. That's great. But I have it in there as a tech piece if I need to. Uh, three into Acolytes, where I'm buffing two of the units into one to have one Acolyte unit to have either plus two or plus three on the Ren shots, getting all out attack. Uh, the Lord of Change also has the shooting attack on both my lists, so it's 2d6 shots, uh, threes, threes, minus one, one damage. Uh, just a good, you know, overall damage. The whole idea is there's units in the game that will benefit from having, you know, all-out defense. You know, let's say... Uh, a person who who takes 30 models, I mean, and you know what their leadership is, you, there's a certain amount of wounds you do to somebody where you're like, okay, I've done 20 wounds to you. I don't need to do any more. You're going to fail through battle shock. And what people don't realize or they do realize is those extra 10 wounds are a form of doing damage if you can't, you know, keep them alive mm -hmm. with the command point. And that's an extra 10 wounds you're going to do for free uh, through that as well. And then, of course, you have the Skyfires there as well to do more damage in the first turn, uh, using your sixes to do D3 mortals to target some characters. You have the Incarnate, of course, where a lot of people, uh, you know, they don't, they're not a big fan of it, but it, it is a good piece with Zeech, allowing you to, you know, use it as defensively or offensively, depending on how you want to do it. And then, of course, the same three spells. Uh, the big thing with this is there's more turn one damage. Sorry. What does the no 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 don't apologize? Sorry. I'm just waiting for my chance to talk. Um, what does the incarnate bring to the table as a, as a Zinch player? That uh, at least without the incarnate, whether it's the one that we just showed or a different version, what does it bring into the table? Um, it brings a lot. I mean, first and foremost, it brings the ability of not allowing your opponent to retreat from you for two turns. You know that. That in itself is very powerful because you're a spell-casting army and you want at least two turns to cast spells, right? And when you look at the amount of spells I'm doing, I know we talked about it's not a lot, but I, I still feel like it is because it's upwards of the D6 from the Ogroid, the D6 from the Lord, the almost a flat six from the, the Lord, the average of three on the Flux Master, 
the average of two to one on the Magister, which creates a spawn. And then you also have um, the Simulacrum doing an average of three to four to five as well. I mean, that's quite a bit of mortals. And if you do that twice, you're killing most units. Uh, you also have the plus one to casting um, and dispelling and unbinding on the Magister. And then with the Lord giving you also another plus one, his spells become a little easier to uh, to cast, especially with Cogs being able to reroll. Uh, I think that's huge. The actual damage that the Incarnate does um, is something that Zeech normally doesn't have. They don't have a piece that does good damage like that with minus one Rens built into it, like minus two for his small attacks or minus three for his big attacks, in addition to the Ogroid allowing another minus one, filling that kind of gap that the Purple Sun kind of gave me without actually having to take a Purple Sun, right? And being able to target that one unit that I want to target. Um and so he does a lot. He's he's the combat that I'm missing. He's the you can't retreat from me that I lost from the host duplicitous. He's the additional spell casting supremacy. And he's that natural threat that people look at and they go, I hate that effing model, right? I don't want to get near it, right? But if they don't go near it, then what are you suffering? You're suffering the D6 from the Ogroid, the 2D6 shot from the Lord, the portal with the Flux Master, the Simulacrum, the Skyfires, the, the Acolyte. I mean, it's just so much that you have to come towards me, and if you come towards me, there's a layer that you have to deal with, yeah. and it, which is, of course, the casting, but also now the incarnate, or vice versa. It's a, it's a the other coin I'd call that is it's a massive tar pit of wounds, and Cat, you, th that's probably that, that's probably the other piece, right? And where I see this combining really well is you've got enough mortal wounds to be chipping away at those key monsters. Then you charge that cron spine in, it kills the model, it levels up. And it's just an absolute terror on the table. And it's distracting your opponent from everything else, like your Lord of Change, like your Thermitage, like the bodies that are scoring objectives. So for me, it's the ultimate distraction Carnifex. Yeah. Because because uh, if they because if they ignore the Cronspine and they go after the Lord of Change, that's what's going to pull your army apart. Not the Cronspine. The Cronspine's a pain in the backside, but what really you want to keep surviving is what your Lord of Change, your Thermitage. You know, if I kill those three units of Karak Acolytes, who's scoring the objectives? Um but people will focus on the uh, over focus on the incarnate to get rid of it while you're racking up spells, you're racking up um victory points, your battle tactics. Yeah, no, I agree. This list, I don't feel like there's one linchpin that holds everything together. I feel like there's multiple pieces that hold the whole thing together, but not just one thing. And I like that a lot about it. Um, <laughs> um, and so I, I I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's a very strong list. I do have to play it more and practice it more, um, you know, but uh, it's, it's a low drop as well. And that's something that I didn't get a call. That's only a two drop list. And so being able to like, let's say somebody's playing piggies. I'm able to tell my brother, which is kind of what happened at our, the our tournament Nova. I said, bro, you're never going to go back to back. It's not going to happen because you're going to go first. Kill my front line. That's fine. But whatever you use to kill my front line, I'm going to kill right back. And then I'm going to summon back blue whores back in front of that. And then we're going to roll off. And if you win, well, that's fine. You know, it's uh, it's kind of, it's never that back to back. It's always that, we call it a fair hammer. Um, you know, and uh, with Zeech, it's... Uh, it's 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 great and hopefully i was able to to get people to realize how uh how good it is
Well, you're not off the hook just yet, mate. I've got plenty of questions coming in from the chat I've been waiting for. No, that's why I wanted to time you out because you've got so much, you've got so much great value. I love it. And as someone's already said, like, there's no apologies here. I just, there's so much greatness you can talk about. Um, Couple of questions from the chat here. How do you find uh, reinforced mixed horrors? So 19 pinks, casting shield of fate, mystic shield every turn, mixed for no battle, uh, bounty hunters. I mean, how do I find it? I mean, it's a negative play experience if you have to play against it, that's for sure. Um, you're not going to want to play against it, especially if you have the GV extra damage battalions. You're going to feel like that's a, you know, whatever. I mean, by itself, it's a time waster um, in the game itself if you're on a tournament clock because you're always constantly, you know, moving your models. Your back starts to hurt after a while because you're bending over constantly. Um you know, it's good, though. If you're the one playing the Zeech, it's phenomenal, right? I mean, holy crap, is it good. You know, you take a mixed force, you put Shield of Fate, you charge somebody's corner. Like, if they have a big unit of Witch Elves and you only allow seven of them in versus all 20, and you're like, that's cool. You know, you're minus one to hit, by the way. You know, it's it's all about positioning with Zeech. I would never take my full front against your full front. It's always like that side touch because I'm not going to do damage in combat. I'm going to do damage in shooting. So why would I give you more frontage in combat? So, but to answer his question, it's phenomenal. It's very strong, um, and it's a little funny. I feel like I feel like I've been playing Age of Sigma since like day one, and pink horrors have always been a nightmare. And we finally got it to a point where it was like okay, like just okay, not not good, just okay. And I feel like this little loophole is asking again, Games Workshop, please nerf pink horrors. Like guys, if you do it, know that Games Workshop is going to pay attention to it. You're going to be <laughs> battle scrolled, and you get nerfed again. So yeah, trade carefully. It also depends on what they're going to do on December with the six month ends. Maybe GVs are gone and we're just back up to full pinks, you know? So who knows what they're going to do and, uh, but we'll be ready for it. Tomasco asking, do you try versus character and overlords now? So I know, that was my, I know the answer. That was, so that was my first game at Nova. Um, and uh, that was, I felt like I was so set up. I was like, they set me up. The only army that could beat me. I was like, it's the first one. Um, but no, it was, it's very scary, um, you know, because you don't want to let them go back to back. So you let them go first and uh, you all out defense your stuff. But then they have the guaranteed purple sun and you want to make sure it's spaced correctly. So it doesn't just eat your unit um, back then when it was a three inch versus a one inch. Um, it's tough, but again, you know, if they target your Lord, which is normally what they do, or your Ogroid or a combination of your characters with all their shooting, then they're leaving your Incarnate. If they target your Incarnate on turn one, they'll bring it to level one guaranteed. And maybe they'll kill the, maybe they'll bring it down to level one and kill the Lord. But then you still have your Ogroid. You still have your Magister to kill yourself. Uh, th then you can eat your own endless spell and go back up to level two. I mean, so nothing even against KO, I would say you still have a good fighting chance and you can still summon. Um, but KO is definitely probably the number one army that makes Zeech the most nervous. Um, is the number one army. So to answer your question, of course, that question is geared because it's the number one army. You still have play, though. A lot of play. I feel like if anything, you want to take the first turn because while you don't want to give KO the double, what you want to do is create those layers of screens because majority of KO damage is happening within 12 inches. And they've got a couple of long range shots. I get it. But if you can push them out from your Lord of Change and your key pieces and push them out to 18 or whatever it is, at least, at least you're reducing the damage going into those key pieces but it's almost like a damned if you do damned if you do you know iron jaws yeah. are going to charge into you make sure you reduce what you you feed them 
same time as KO. It's like, don't give them the good options to shoot off because they will. Yeah, correct. I mean, I just fear for the double churn with KO, personally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of damage they can do. I, I had I had it in second edition once where I got double turned with um my Hallow Heart. Same type of thing, right? My 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 wizard wagons just crumbled to the double shooting of KO. Um why do you th- why why Lords of Change know Kairos in that list? Points. I don't have enough points. You know, and I also like the shooting attack of the Lord. Um I don't really want to get Karos in combat because he's such an expensive piece for, you know, for the utility he brings, even though Karos is decent in combat, to be honest with you, uh, not great, but just decent. Um, the Lord does have that, that ability of almost doing what the Karos does, but brings that, just the shooting uh, element as well. Uh, so that's points. And I like the shooting is why. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer the Lord of change to fate Weezer in general, or is it list dependent? Um, I don't care too much about Destiny Dice, personally. Uh, I don't care about regenerating. It's nice to have. It could be game-changing if you just roll the right dice. Um, it, but if I was able to pick my Destiny Dice, like they're all sixes, hell yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not one of those things that I really, you know, put for. I really like the shooting attack. It's I always roll it, and I'm like, oh, that's a nine. I'm going to do all that attack, and I'm going to hit on twos, and... I always do like five or six wounds uh, with shooting, and I like that. That's equivalent to a spell that the Karos would have had, um, you know, and, and it's less points. Uh, I'm gonna call this comment out. Your enthusiasm for Zinch um, got got Josh back into the game during COVID restrictions. So one of and I, I absolutely love these conversations. If I could get you on every week, I would have the. I'd do a podcast with you, Caleb. You, you and <sighs> I like. Like you, you, you and your brother, like we just have an absolute ball. You're a, you're a wonderful spokesperson for the game, and it shows you that you can be both a top player and a great sport. So appreciate um, that. I, I hope we get matched up um, at at the LVO. I'll um, be there, baby. The first time ever. I'm so excited. My, my you and me, you and me, baby. Ma- yeah. Maybe we can talk to the TO. Get a grudge happening. Um, how how do you find this kind of ties into the KO thing? Is like how do you handle first turn shooting heavy armies? So, you know, there's a couple of them, right? We talked about KO, but you've got your let's say stormcast with long strikes and and things like that that can take down key pieces. You've got cities, and cities got a lot of shooting. There's a lot of different shooting options. Um, any anything you'd add to the KO piece that you just shared about yeah. facing shooting so, armies? All right, so it's. It, Given a response like this is tough on a, on a call. If we're playing face-to-face on a table, I look at exactly what, where your stuff is positioned. If you're within 27 inches, let's say you're playing the Stormcast where you have three units of three of those, you know, bolt guys that do a lot of damage. I don't know all the names. The, um, the, the crossbow guys? The GDKs, yeah, so the crossbows? The, the yeah. expensive ones, right? Okay, the ones that yeah. do a lot of damage, the 30-inch range ones, the crazy ones that everyone loves. Oh, so, long strikes. Long strikes. So if I'm looking at the game... And you're within my range. I'm I'm 100% taking turn one, and I'm going to kill two, maybe three units. I'm going to kill all three, because it's only six wounds a unit. One spell is a unit, you know, with the portal, right? And then some alacrum on your turn is going to do at least three mortal wounds on average, killing one or two possible guys. My shooting is going to kill a guy, and then of course you have the, uh, um, you know, kill my magister, bring my guy up there, you know, put you know, the, the spell portal in a position where I charge a spell portal, pile into your other good stuff, and now my incarnate just chomps something right in front of your shooters, and you just lost a... I mean, so to answer your question, it depends on 
how your opponent is placed. Now, if you're so far back to where I can't do anything against you, and also you can't shoot me, I'm going to let you go. If you're in a position where you deep strike and shoot me, then I'm probably still going to let you go. And I'm going to give myself maybe uh, with my Lord of Change, I'll do you know their finest hour, give him a three plus armor save. And then if you're planning on targeting him or my Ogroid, I might give myself plus one to save and just use my fate dice to save against the best things. But again, if you're that close to me, that means I'm going to be able to do something against you during my turn if I let you go first. And then there's the possibility of going back to back for me versus you. You know, and so there's a lot of moving parts uh, for these kind of discussions, but it really depends on the way you deploy versus the way I deploy. And then my decision will be based on that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's obviously hard, right? You know, you've got you've got armies with shooting that has volume, you have mm-hmm. snipe damage, you have long range, short range. There's a lot of things to, to consider, right? And I think ultimately you've got to lean in sometimes. Like some like I was talking to Skaven literally yesterday with Jacob and yes, you know, with those I warp lightning and with like those warp lightning cannons, they can be devastating. Do I try to completely uh hide away from, from Jacob's like um warp lightning cannons? Well, no, because then I'm not putting my models in the game. They're not scoring, not doing battle tactics. It'll take me a couple of turns to actually get into the game because I've been trying to avoid the shot. Mm-hmm. But if you can embrace it and, and limit the restrictions, as you mentioned, all that defense, use your uh, finest hour, use you know, any type of ability, you can embrace it and reduce the damage or at least be scoring scoring at the same time. So uh, yeah. it, it's battle it, it's battle dependent and, and opponent dependent. So I'll say this, Jacob, you brought up a good point. And the reason I say that for that question is Jacob has those gunner runners that do a lot of damage, but there's only a certain range. I believe that's like 12 inches. So they deep strike outside of nine, which means they have a three inch gap. So I put my best characters 3.1 inches behind that line. So their gunner runners won't do Shinola against my good stuff with all their mortal wounds. And then I'll, I know he has two units of Giselles and a warp lightning cannon, but that's all I have to face and, and play against and I'll take that damage with fate dice and all out de- defense. And then my turn, since he dropped his gutter rudders in front of me, guess what I get to do now? You know, so it's it's kind of that's kind of the way I would play. Yeah, I see so many people try to avoid it completely, and yeah. you often make a, a wrong move. Um, how do you feel beating your brother at Nova? You really want the real answer? I don't feel good about it. I don't. You know, my brother. Yeah. No. I don't get all sappy. My, my brother and, you know, we, we do almost everything together. And actually, this brings a good point. Um, GW actually extended the olive branch. Um, they're going to send the best overall player, which was my brother at Nova, to the New Mexico U.S. Open. So you're going to have myself and my brother hopefully flying down together, but maybe get that one more match, bro. But I don't like it because I want my brother to win too, you know, just as much as I would like to win. Um but of course, I'm not going to give them a free lunch. You know, there's no free lunch in this house. You ain't going to earn that shit. You know, but uh, it's not enjoyable. I'm not going to rub it in his face. But if you beat me, oh, I'd fuck. I wouldn't hear the end of it. You know, I whooped your ass. Like, I wouldn't hear it, but I, not for me. Well, like what I said to you on Facebook Messenger, I'm like, there is, uh, there's like, what, 200 players, 150 players. You know, what a world that you live in that the last game is you and your brother. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's something special. So, um, shout out to you, but then at the same time, before your ego's too big, how does it feel to lose to the worst AOS player that you know a week before the Nova 2017? Does it still haunt your dreams? Oh, <laughs> 
No, it, it doesn't help my dream. I'm I'm always uh I'm always humbled when I, I have the opportunity to lose a game. I feel like losing is actually probably the one probably honestly the most important part of playing is losing. Um, you know, you're not gonna learn shit by winning, you'll just build your confidence. Losing will actually make you humble and make you rethink what you're gonna do, rethink the models you take, rethink your strategies and make you play a little bit different, you know. So but losing's great. Yeah, and and especially for something like your army where it's not it's not easy it's not like your iron jaws you run up the table it's not suns you don't run up the table there's a lot of cogs and sometimes it's the wrong strategy at the wrong time mm-hmm. against a different opponent at a different time or if one dice roll goes differently or if you won this priority things can change yeah. um there's a lot of lessons absolutely i mean it's, there's a lot all right a couple of final questions from the chat i'm going to let you go to bed i'm, I'm sure it's late uh, over where you are um what are your thoughts on bringing the cursling seems strong i mean we talked about the, the the cursling would be good in a side bench army where if i was able to just bring him on depending on what i have to play against i can see that being very very good would never hear the end of it that's true um and so he he is good um for that purpose you know, but I don't see him being competitive in a very competitive list that's always in the same army, going against all different types of army in a five or eight round tournament. Uh, it feels kind of like a waste of points on that on that side. I, I will say that I was glad to see the Cursling go back to its um, pre arcane cataclysm so it, it went from like a double caster to a single caster it lots some shenanigans it's gone back and i have seen a lot of people talking about the cursling especially for people who are looking for what you've done with the ogre thermitage but they don't want to take the ogre thermitage it seems like the cursling is playing in a similar role gotcha i, I just feel like the ogre it's, he has eight wounds he's good in combat his spell does d6 mortal wounds and heals himself i mean it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I guess as a double caster getting the plus nine inches, I guess that's probably the one of the things that's drawing people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. You ready for this one? All right, go ahead. Uh, from Alison Walters, uh, who made sure Caleb's headset was, was good for this? Oh, my wife did. There's my wife. Uh, she did. I couldn't figure out for the life of me why my, my headset wasn't working with my computer. I have this like, I have this expensive computer that I bought. Even the water cooler is like a digital screen where I have my wife shaking her head no. It's uh, it's kind of great. But she came over, helped me with my sound blaster card. She showed me uh, a couple of things. She's super smart. I married. I definitely married up. Um, you know, uh, uh, she's awesome. Final two questions, and I'm losing it. Um, what's the <laughs> What advice would you give me if I was like a, a, a newish player or someone who was um, looking to get better at playing Zinch? Like, is there any final kind of advice you'd give me to, to bring this home? Yeah, I mean, well, f- well, first of all, oh, my brother's literally calling me. I am not going to answer your phone live on stream, bro. I love you. Um, for, first and foremost, you know, play play things that you like in the book. That's number one, right? Play what is your flavor. And be okay with losing, but take what you lost and 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 try to fine tune it in, in a way that maybe makes you a little bit more competitive with your own you know way of playing. I mean, it's just yeah, reps uh, lose like 
keep losing. I remember when I first started playing AOS, I lost every single solitary game against Stormcast. We had all those dragons that did D6 hits each, and the deep struggle within three inches in front of me and just charged me and killed me. I lost damn near like 30 times, but I literally was like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to take this now. All right, that's cool. I'm going to take this, you know, and I just got better and better and better. And, um, you know, here we are. So Zeech is by far the best book out there. There's literally no book that's better than Zeech. I don't care what book you have. I've beaten every book. I've beaten every great player out there. Um, it's all comes down to flexibility within Zeech. Like phase one, we talked about it. We got phase two slaves. We got phase three beast. It's going to continue to adapt and change. And you're going to continue to adapt and change your play style within this book. And so it's huge. Yeah, I will say just uh, to follow on, when I was looking at this book, there was no strength when it came to mortals versus demons. I feel like there are both versions. If you want to go all mortals, there are good lists there. If you want to go all demons, there's good lists. If you want to have a blend, there's good lists. So it's not like previous books, especially in second edition, where it's like one side is clearly dominant and stronger than the others. There's a nice, you might have heard it in the in the GW meta watch video internal balance and i think this book yeah. is really good and i think it depends on if you want to build around something you do you it's about reps it's about learning it's about um it's, it's all especially with zinch because it's such a techie piece sometimes as i mentioned it's just applying the wrong strategy at the wrong time yeah. it's about being too aggressive too early or not being aggressive enough or using the wrong summoning points to bring on the wrong thing at the wrong time it's those little things that will make you a better player when it comes to to this particular army yeah, absolutely. And and also, this is the tedious part of being good, knowing what your opponent can do. <laughs> also, who fixed the boot issue. Yeah, my wife does a lot. She's uh, she's pretty amazing. Any yeah, issues I have in life, my wife fix. I'll tell you that right now. Any problems I have, she is the baller. Shout out um, to your wife. I'll, I'll I'll bring her a packet of Tim Tams for you at the LVO. <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring I'll bring some for you. Awesome, awesome. But All knowing right. what your opponent's books can do is is really uh, a big part, you know, and that would that play, pays dividends final question and it's a fun one if you could add one war scroll or unit to this game in the next book whenever that comes out what would you add to the disciples of zinch as a um one one character i mean i would love a real god character you know like um I think I can't even remember the name of the uh, the god character of Zeech, the one who casted Karos down into the well of knowledge, and he came back up with two head. Was a snitch? I can't remember his exact name. Um, it's a Skaven model, Deathmaster. Uh, whoever, I don't know. Whoever the god character for Zeech is, I honestly would like a god level character or the exalted greater demon to actually be an exalted greater demon of Zeech, you know, and not just a model that just has more wounds, like some big model, like an Archeon size spellcaster. That's a, uh, that'd be something I think would be pretty kick-ass. I'd love to see some type of monster, like a monster monster. I don't know if it's like a massive spawn, whether it is some type of like abomination or like magical energy, like it's some type of combat, because I think you've talked a lot about the incarnate. You've talked a lot about what role that's playing in the army. And I wonder if there's some combat-y ball of, you know, chaos energy that you could have that's your own. Yeah. No, I mean, that would, I mean, of course, that would pay dividends, of course, you know, when you when you add that to the book. I mean, the Incarnate has filled a pretty big role, but I'm hoping the Slaves of Darkness, when it comes out, I'm sure it's going to slide right in, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. 
That's exactly what I was thinking, Shane. You know, I think something like the Mutileth Vortex Beast, you know, you look at those like the Soul Grinder and the and the Mutileth Vortex Beast. That's the kind of thing that I want, but it doesn't doesn't feel very Zenchi, Zach Zenchi, and it doesn't do a lot. No, I mean, if they actually made it good, like rand if I the problem is the some of the random stuff is just weak. If they made every random roll something stellar awesome, you know, I could be all about it. But it's it's just the chance of rolling something you know, whatsoever it's good in uh, fun games we'll say yeah yeah i play i play gits i know exactly what it's like for well, playing fun games yeah, fun game yeah it's like fanatics a, a yep. good in theory yep. but like in a world of all that defense and stomp i'm like yeah i hate this now <laughs> yep. I, hate I will this say so my 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 mate my one competitive army back in seventh edition old school was goblins you know that was that was it the fanatics the bolt throwers the rock lovers the doom divers that was that was the shit a man of uh, of of good character. There you go. Are you anywhere on socials? Because people have been pinging me. Are you on Discord? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> like, where can people find you to talk Zinch if uh, if they want to like start list teching again into some of the the good stuff that is Mister ITC number one for disciples of Zinch? <laughs> I mean, I don't do socials. I'm married, right? I, uh, only if she lets me. Let's say that she'll have to set up my Twitter account. We'll just say that that's how bad it is. Um, I I kind of want to get on Twitter and I kind of want to get on like Instagram to take pictures of the things that I make. Um, it seems like a lot of people like what I'm doing um, when it comes to my Etsy stuff. I haven't even loaded a lot of this stuff up, and I'm keep coming up with new ideas. Um, you, you can always email me. I from my last show, I probably was emailed like ten or fifteen times from different people, um, giving them different advice, talking about lists, and it was awesome. Um, and I'm more than happy to to do that. And it's just my name, so Caleb Walters at Gmail. There's no dots, periods, or nothing. Uh, you can also hit me up on you know Facebook Messenger. Um, just look up my my name and uh, just say hi. Um, do that as well. Um, it's whatever you know. Whatever. Works. I'll give you a hand. I'll give you a hand, mate. I'll 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 help you out with the social side, and uh, yeah. I will grab the link to your Etsy, and I'll put it in the episode description a little bit later. So if you want to get those battle tactics, grand strategy, but also the um, the destiny dice pieces, especially if you want to score that auto grand strategy and not be a potato and roll <laughs> them and then realize you don't have nine left. Yeah, uh, this this will be the the one scoreboard I actually have right here is going to be the next thing I upload to my Etsy where you only need to buy one of these and that's how you're going to score for every edition going forward. And you have your command points that you can literally just magnetically move over. And then all your other pieces, if you have like your family battle tactics and you want, you know, a set of these for your own faction, you can just hit me up and they magnetize right to the back and you can see they're right there. They're not falling off. They're really strong. And of course you have your regular battle tactics and it's all loose player one, player two. And again, that just magnetizes right back there real nice and tight, real together, and everything is perfect, you know? And then, of course, you can do custom work. I said this in the beginning of the show. This is a custom piece I made for the Zeech, where you have your Destiny dice on the bottom, your grand strategy up there, and I can do all types of that, and that would actually fit perfectly on the medium-sized template that would go here. And, uh, of course, it needs to be painted and felted on the back, but that's just a couple things I do on top of measuring sticks and all that stuff. But I haven't even uploaded it to my Etsy, so if you're interested in stuff like that, you need to hit me up, email me, or hit Mate, me up on Facebook right you're, now. You're, you're about to explode. People are saying there better be a Sylvaneth one. I could do that, yeah. No problem. Yeah, whatever you I need. Love it. Yeah. Caleb, any any shout-outs you want to make? Um, your wife, yes. your brother, your friend? First of all, I love my wife. Thank you very much for watching the kids. I have three kids. 
I, I never get to go to tournaments. It's the only time I actually get to to play games is that excuse me, I never get to go to the local store. I only get to play tournaments. So I play like once some, you know, every now and then if my wife lets me, I think I'm going to uh Palladium Games. It's one of the best game stores that are nearby me. Uh Mike, awesome guy. Last I shouted him out on the last one a year ago, and he has actually upgraded his store, doubled his space in the same shopping center. And so if you ever in uh in PA, Pennsylvania, in uh, America, you uh look up Palladium Games, great store, great people. Um Awesome competitive players there. Um, of course, my brother can't wait to fly down with him on the U.S. Open, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to be awesome. But uh, again, thank you very much for having me. Nah, I'll be cheering you on. Make sure to get on get, get the Twitter. I want to see these pictures of uh, New Mexico. Um, and you've got like if I think everyone's seen like in the past, you've got like some incredible Americanized Suns army. You've got Christmas Bellacore yeah. and uh, some incredible. They're all they're all great. over in that band. You got. You know, you got the LED dragons on the bottom that have LED lights. You got the American Gargants. I even have the Kragnos. I'm working on him to have the um, um, the judge's hair with the Declaration of Independence on the shield. And uh, he's, yeah, it's just all types of fun American themed uh, things we're doing. You know? I told you, just Hulk Hogan, the, your, uh, your King Broad. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, I want to add lights to him. Uh, he has to have like a fireworks shooting out or something kind of cool. I just don't know yet. Caleb, you're killing me, man. You're absolutely killing me. No, like it's such a great chat with you. Um, thank you, everyone who joined the live stream. If you enjoyed it, make sure to press like, comment, leave me comments. Let us know as well. Again, this is a brand new book. We've recorded this like a week. It's hit this shelf literally not long ago. So um, we're all kind of working this out together. We're all trying to work out the synergies, the combinations, what works really well, what is maybe a bit of a sleeper, something that maybe we're all thinking is great, but maybe it's not as great. Um, let me know in the comment section what you're finding. I genuinely want to hear. And um, you know we're going to talk more about this, especially when the FAQ drops and things are a little bit clearer. As you said, the burning sigil. There's a couple of yeah. things that just like question mark at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, this is phase one. Hit me up in six, three months. It'd be a different army, different strategies. A year from now, different armies, different strategies. Like, Ooh. it's ever-growing. You, you have an invitation once the Slaves to Darkness book uh, drops, and we'll, we'll we'll see what's in there for Slaves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. Awesome. Caleb, thank you. Chat, thank you. People who watch this later, thank you. And um, let's do the outro. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.